Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 128, and we've got two featured reviews on the show this week. We're going to be talking about the new film from Bradley Cooper, the Netflix original Maestro, based on the life of Leonard Bernstein, as well as the new film from Yorgos Lanthimos, the Yorgoat himself, Poor Things. Should be fun convos across the board. We will get into the movie stuff shortly, but first let me introduce my co-hosts. Travis, welcome to the show. Who's your daddy? <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, let's circle back to that. Paris, uh, <laughs> uncomfortably chiming in there. How are you? Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm, 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 I miss the person who I was a minute ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Big news, Travis. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners? Uh, I had my child. Woo-hoo. My precious one. Huge. Uh, his, I believe his three-week birthday was yesterday. Already losing track of time and what day it is. <laughs> Uh, it has been great. He is great. Uh, the whole parenting thing is nonstop, and the sleep is not great, but no. everything else is. He is adorable, which makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> now, what if he wasn't adorable? What if you guys had just the <laughs> ugliest fucking baby that the world has ever seen? Would that make it harder, Travis, do you think? So I was actually going to compliment you guys. I'm not going to let Travis answer that. Um, I was actually going to compliment you guys because normally newborns look like gross potatoes. Mm-hmm. And he looks so cute. Very cute baby. Brand newborn still had a gross tube in his belly. And he looked like just a sweet little baby angel. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we got lucky. Absolutely. Let's like, hope you the know, uh, trend continues. On, <laughs> on a good Thanksgiving, you pull out that turkey and it's like golden brown. It's like glistening. And you're like, yes, that is perfect. Straight out of Matt. the oven. And then Matt some wants other, to eat my baby. Are you <laughs> trying to eat Travis's baby? Yeah, that's what I'm eating. Some other Thanksgivings, though, I don't know if your guys' experience can attest to this, but sometimes turkey comes out and it does not look good and you are not excited. So all I'm saying is that uh, you have a cute baby. (laughs) Thank you very uh, much. uh, I'm glad that uh, everything went relatively smoothly and uh, can't wait to meet the little dude. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, congratulations, dude. And I will say, I have had a lot of time to watch movies, and I'm fully on the uh, cram jam train. You scraping the the bottom of the barrel yet for oh, yeah. for picks or? <laughs> I will. I will say that it may not be the uh, best use of my time in retrospect, but when I'm sitting there on the couch and he's on my chest, there's not too much I can do, and so I just feel obligated to keep checking these things off the list even though i will say the majority are not hidden <laughs> yeah i'm uh i'm approaching that part of cram jam where like i still have like quite a few things that i'm like need to see and i'm excited to see but like we're talking like four or five you know that are like easily accessible and then from there it's like i either got to fork over like money to like rent some stuff or just don't have Wait. an opportunity to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened to Bangers Only? Well, Cram Jam is what happened to Bangers Only. 
I mean, I'm cramming and I'm jamming and I'm doing bangers only. <laughs> Listen, I've seen your activity log, Paris. I uh, oh boy, bangers only is uh, questionable, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But like bangers, like not not all of them are great. Not all of them are like gonna make my top ten. But they're like biggies. Like I feel like Travis is watching movies no one's ever heard of and no one ever will hear of. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing the Lord's work. <laughs> but you do the Lord's work in the off chance that you find that gem. There's gems every year. You right. Know? There's always and I that will say, one. Nine and Days was a gem last year, year before? Last year. It was, yeah. That was one of the last ones I watched. I will say this is probably going to be my last opportunity to do this for a while because uh, this time next year he'll be a lot busier. So, um Right. This is it, folks. From here on out, we're going to see lists like Tom's. <laughs> so uh, my top 10 of the eight movies I watched this year, uh, my <laughs> <Yeah>. top 10 <laughs> goes as follows. Jesus. Uh, Fast 12 coming in at number eight. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> going to be huge. Um, what about you, Paris? Did you have a good holiday, Christmas? Any? Uh, I know you were uh, out of state how was your uh, time with fam? Yeah, so um, I had sort of a mixed break. Um, I am very was very fortunate to get the week before Christmas off, and then I also got a long weekend for New Year's. So for Christmas time, I was in Texas with my family. Love them, love that. Ten days was a long time to be there, I will say. Oh, it was ten days? I didn't realize you were there for that long. Yeah, because I left the Saturday of the 16th, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I got home the Tuesday, the 26th. Yeah. So it was a full time. It was, uh, it was a time. And I now live alone. And I am very used to and love just... Like, when I go out and about in the world, I love having someone with me. I love an activity partner. I love that. When I'm at home, I don't want to see shit. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk. I want to just like be who, whatever I'm doing. And the thing is, when you're staying in your family's home, you're kind of obligated to be around them. Like a lot, like all the time, like literally all the time. And it's just, I, I will say I had a wonderful time. I think that I probably will not do that long of a trip uh, in the f- like for a while at least. Um, but That's yeah, a long trip, man. Yeah, no, but I but truly I do like I really love that side of my family and like we have a lot of very tra- traditions that I didn't know weren't in every household. Like we have tamales for Christmas because we're in Texas, um, and we open presents on Christmas Eve. Instead of Christmas Day. Paris, are you Mexican? Did you not tell me? Because <laughs> that's a Mexican thing, not a At least Texas not thing. <laughs> you know, prospero año felicidad. But I'm not. So it's funny. This is a total tangent. So sorry. I'm not. I'm white. But 
when I used to spend my summers in Texas, I would also work. Um, and the summer before my senior year of high school, I worked at a movie theater. I'd been working there a couple summers. It was a really nice got gig, blah, blah, blah. And then the other Mexican girl which, there. Which theater? What chain? Or was it? Uh, a Regal. Sick. Yeah, it was too. a big Regal. Yeah. Shout out to my Regal buddies. Um, <laughs> but the girl, the other Mexican girl there was like, one time I said I was white. And she was like, you're not white. And I was like, I I am though. And I was really tan because I like did swim team and I played soccer and I like, like I, I had, I had dyed my hair black. I was very tan. And she was like, you don't have to be embarrassed for being Mexican. I was like, I'm not. I just don't. Oh, no. um, that's not my culture. I don't want to say I'm something I'm not. And she was kind of like, okay. And I was like, I can show you a picture of my parents. And I did. And she was like, oh, you are white. I was like, yes. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my, my family, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, San Antonio, where they're from is a very Hispanic city. Mm-hmm. So I, I, maybe it's from that. I don't know. I like everyone there. Like you go, you go get tamales from the lady that lives down the road. I don't know. I didn't realize it was a Mexican tradition until I got older. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's uh, yeah. That's what my, my, my dad's side of the family and they have a, huge party christmas eve and everyone just gets drunk and they eat tamales and open all their presents and then christmas day everyone's just kind of hung over and doesn't do anything <laughs> so i am that was familiar. literally me i got really drunk on christmas eve and then christmas day i was like i'm not drinking and then my my crazy aunt the not blood aunt my husband's husband's husband. jesus husband. <laughs> husband. <laughs> something you're not telling us <laughs> <laughs> plot twist i'm married no um my uncle's wife, um, she started saying some like crazy conservative things. And then my other cousin's wife started snapping back at her. And I was like, this, this is a fine discussion. Not saying your family shouldn't talk politics, but we're literally at the Christmas dinner, Christmas day dinner table. Can you're like holding all of us hostage? Can we not do this right now? So that's when I started drinking on Christmas day. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm glad you, uh, Though it may have been long, glad you enjoyed your time with the fam. Uh, Travis, anything to report with the holidays? Good, good little first Christmas with Madden. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was um, a little shortened this year because uh, leaving the house is um, a different beast these days. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on Christmas Eve, we had the joy of going to the ER. Not because of Madden, but because of Chelsea. Oh. Uh, I don't know if I'm oh, sharing no. too much here, but um, it was a uh, nursing malfunction, mastitis. She got mastitis, if you're aware what that is. I'm not, but I'm sure I can Google it later. <laughs> it's basically where there's like an infection or like your milk gets blocked in your breast pretty painful doesn't really go away on its own so you need antibiotics and yeah just the perfect timing of it happening on christmas eve so we had to go to the er and so i was on solo dad duty for the first time for a couple hours there and um that was a little nightmarish but uh (laughs) i i prevailed you're a champ (laughs) 
yeah, so Christmas Eve sucked, but uh, Christmas Day was it was good. Uh, did our usual stops, but um, yeah, just spent like a couple hours at each place. It's a little nerve-wracking taking your little one without an immune system around this time of the year. Yeah, well, this time of this year also, because it's like yeah. pretty bad out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, But uh, unscathed, so... Good. That's good. Very cool. Um, nothing, nothing really to report for me. Christmas was was nice. Just my mom, dad, my sister, you know, hung out, open presents, played games, ate food, drank beer. You know, the usual. New Year's was fun too. Nothing crazy, but did anyone get any cool movie related gifts? I got a bunch of movies. Haley got me like seven or eight Sick. like Blu-rays and 4Ks for Christmas. Um, she Any was her heaters? plan. Her her plan was to buy me the the Fountain soundtrack on vinyl, mm-hmm. um, and she couldn't find it for less than like three or four hundred dollars. So that quickly Ouch. got uh, scratched. Is it out of print? I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, it's out of print and it's collectible because that's you know it's the greatest mm. soundtrack of all time, obviously. So uh, mm-hmm. highly sought after. So. Um, I mean, I got Oppenheimer on 4K. I got uh, oh, the brand new uh, Vinegar Syndrome 4K of uh, Existence, David Cronenberg classic. Nice. She got me that. Um, what else? After Sun. She went through A24 to get that piece wow. overpriced piece of shit. I'm surprised but, uh, you accepted that gift. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way you can get it unless you get like a, you know, like a region locked like right. UK release or whatever cuz A24 has got the I don't know. You know she my stance got on you A24, a uh, A24 merch membership. That would have really oh my God. <laughs> knocked your socks off. <laughs> it's it's, you know, I like the packaging. It's a really nice like, you know, you get your money's worth, but you know. Yeah. Don't like giving A24 more. I got the uh, the Lighthouse 4K for my birthday from Chelsea's dad. That's mm. the only one I own now. They're nice. You know. Because they're all like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. But, you know, they come with the special features and, you know, they, they look nice. I haven't watched it yeah. yet, so I can't attest to like the quality of the transfer or anything. But, um, yeah. They did a good job of making sure it doesn't fit nicely on a Blu-ray shelf. Yep, God, make it stand out from the pack. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of similar to like the the Criterion. Like, um, I don't know what they call them. It's not a case, like a like a jewel case. It's like um, it's like an insert thing. I mean, Paris, you've seen my movies. Like, you know the Criterions that have like the. They like slide. It's like a box, and it like a little box slides into a bigger box. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Also, Kurt has a lot of Criterion. Yeah, it's it's like it's that kind of style. It's not exactly the same as what Criterion does. So, even stands out if you were to put it in Criterion, which would be blasphemy. But if one were to do that, uh, it still wouldn't fit there. But speaking of criterion for christmas i got the last picture show 4k which i'm pretty stoked about because i love that movie and um one of the special features is the sequel to it which i hear is not as good but it's always nice when you can get a two for one. Oh yeah a little two for action <laughs> i still haven't watched uh i've got that errol morris um uh there's two movies on it it's like the one that everyone knows and then vernon florida the other one yeah, Vernon, Florida, and then um, 
That's right behind me. I'm trying to turn and look at it. Uh, Gates of something, I think. Gates of heaven? Anyway. I, I have too many to casually peruse, so I'll I'll leave it. But I still haven't... Whatever the second movie is on that double pack, I still haven't watched it. Though I love the first one. Huge. Yep. Paris, anything cool? Nothing uh, movie-related, but... I did the coolest gift I got was from my dad. It um <laughs> so it's this single player game called Thousand A Thousand Year Old Vampire. No, Thousand Yeah, Thousand Year Old Vampire. And obviously you know it already sounds like something up my alley. Uh I've never played a game like this. Um Is this on like a system? No, so, so it's, just, it's not a video game. It's a book and there's like you, you're supposed to like take notes of your vampire's journey and i think i haven't started playing it yet but i think it's like you go through like a thousand years of their life and it's sort of like a choose your own adventure but also there's dice so like i got these really cool dice with it too that my dad got me um and like some of them are like 10 20 40 and some of them are like regular dice shaped and some of them are like uh, like a 20 sided die. Like it, it, I don't, I'm really intrigued. And it's just from this like random guy I found, I don't even remember how I found him, but like, anyway, I'm very excited. It's a single player, like board game kind of. It's a tabletop RPG, right? Yes. But because it's single player, it's just a book and like you take notes. Is it super long? Like, do you play it the rest of your life? <laughs> Is it a thousand I, year long? I think, yeah, I think you play it for a thousand years. Like you pass it down to people through family heirlooms. No, I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I haven't started playing it yet. So I'll, right. I'll well, you know, report, report back, back. But y- y'all should, if anyone is interested, including y'all, you, if you just Google thousand year old vampire, like thousand spelled out, um, it'll it's the first thing that comes up. I already did, and it looks pretty cool. So you'll have to let me know uh, how it is once you get into it, because that's that, it looks neat. If I'm on the right site, it's uh, out of stock. This thing is hot. Whoa! Really? Super. I know it was out of stock for a while, like a year or two ago, or whenever, like when I first found it. But obviously, my dad was able to get it for Christmas. So I don't know. Sure. Damn. Probably got Best the last Christmas copy. ever. Um, yeah what's the resale value on that thing (laughs) oh my god priceless (laughs) very cool all right anything else before we get into our movies i think i'm good cool all right uh we're gonna start with maestro uh let's take a quick break and uh we will be right back to get into our first review All right, let's get into our review of Maestro. Plot synopsis. This love story chronicles the lifelong relationship of conductor-composer Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicia uh, Montialegre. Cone Bernstein. Stein. Burnt. Felicia Montialegre. Cone (laughs) Bernstein. Uh, The film is directed by... It's Cohen. Cohen. There's no E... But I do recall now that you mentioned it, that it's pronounced Cohen in the film. But I like Cone better. I butchered the whole fucking thing. I don't, it doesn't you matter. You sure did. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Directed by Bradley Cooper, written by Bradley Cooper and Josh Singer, starring Bradley Cooper, uh, Carrie Mulligan, Matt Bomer, who I thought was Henry Cavill for like five minutes. but So did I. I literally <laughs> said to my dad, look, it's Henry Cavill. And he was like, who's that? And I was like, it's Superman. We had a whole conversation <laughs> about it. Yeah, it turns out not, not him. Super not him, but uh, very attractive man. Um, who else is in this movie? Oh, Maya Hawk. Right? Am I crazy? Why don't I see her in the cast list here? Yeah, she was the daughter. Well, fucking IMDb is stupid. Sarah she's... Silverman, right? Oh, barf. Don't get me started. Well, oh, get me started because... Uh, <laughs> okay, what? It's, it's time to talk about the movie. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can go first if unless any, there are any volunteers. Go for it, Matt. Are you going to allude Sounds to Sounds like you're champing at the bit. Your dank meme from last night? Well, you do know I love a dank meme. I wasn't going <laughs> to allude to it. But <laughs> um, it was just a picture of like an anime dude crying. And the caption on the meme said, this, this shit so ass. <laughs> and uh, that was how I felt uh, about halfway through watching Maestro. And then the second half happened. And... One positive thing I can say is that the second half is a little better than the first half, but um, I was not on on Maestro's wavelength. You um, called it. I you said, well, you said you were ready to hate it. Sounds like you maybe didn't hate it, but I mean, I active, I, well, actively disliked. So there's a lot of issues with it. I don't really have a ton of positive things to say about it, but it also didn't like offend me with how bad it is or like the choices weren't like you know it's not salt burn i guess is what i'm trying to say that movie i actively hated this movie i just found it to be like pretty aimless like very meandering like i on one hand i i guess i can appreciate that he wasn't going for like a you know standard oscar bait biopic but at the end of the day, this movie okay, essentially is, is it that. not? Sorry. Well, in its structure, I mean, like, what's so confusing about this movie, and kind of one of the main reasons why I just didn't care what I was seeing is that it just like I got to the end, and I I don't feel like I really know more about Leonard Bernstein than I did at the start. But I I feel like I know more about Bradley Cooper, like it. <clears throat> felt like it was just an excuse for him to like it feels like oscar bait and when i say it, like it, it's not your typical biopic it's because of the structure it's not like it's not like a standard like beginning to end like let's hit all of the notes of a person's career it like jumps around in time a lot and there's not really any like forward momentum that i can latch on to so then I was like, okay, fine. Like, it, it doesn't have to be, like, a biography movie. But, like, it also doesn't really give me any insight into the kind of person that he was uh, outside of maybe a handful of scenes. And I just, like, I don't know. I also have to say I really dislike Bradley Cooper as an actor. Like, you can check going back to when the show started. I've never liked him as an actor. And there's What just about as a about comedic actor? Don't like him as a comedic actor. I think he's the worst part of the hangover. What about as a writer-director? I also did not like Stars Born very much. Matt did not fall for Stars Born. 
like no, Tom and I. Didn't get me. <laughs> Which Tom and gracefully. Travis and Paris all fell for it. Oh, I forgot you like yeah. that movie too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Carrie Mulligan kind of acts circles around Bradley Cooper in this movie. I'm not going to call his performance bad, but it really just kind of feels like an impression. I very. I shy, thought it was a good physical performance, but beyond that, it was a little, yeah, like you said, a little showy and hammy. Good physical performance. I do want to, well, I want to circle back to that, uh, but I'll save that for later. Um, anyway, overall, I... I I did not care for the film at all. I found it to be pretty boring. And I knew we were in trouble during the opening scene when the fucking camera like zooms through the theater and like does a fucking backflip and like shoots up to the balcony. I was like, oh, barf, this is not going to be good. And sure enough, like internally too, like we can get more into specifics, but like the the black and white first like 50 minutes or whatever. And then it transitions to color for the whole rest of the movie. And like, I don't know. I have a hunch as to why he did that, or at least I can articulate how it came across to me, but I'm curious to see what you guys thought. It's just, about the it's just the transition. cool thing to do these days to shoot half your movie in black and white. <laughs> so cool. Um, so anyway, I'll leave it there for general impressions. Who, who would like to go next? Uh, I, I don't have a preference. Travis. Okay, I will go next. Uh, I don't really have much to add. What uh to Matt to what Matt already said. Uh, I know this is kind of boring criticism, but I did think the movie was pretty boring, and that was the biggest issue I had with it. It just never really hooked me. Uh, didn't really know much about this guy to begin with. Don't really care about that world either no offense to the people who do or who are in that world it's just not really my thing i didn't even really i mean i liked i liked tar quite a bit but um i don't know i just i just don't really care all that much but i was excited for this because i did love a star is born and um i was rooting for bradley but uh yeah this one felt a little too try hard um it just seemed like um, just the all the conversation and how much time he spent and how much like he really like put his all into the movie. It, just like the end product didn't really feel worth it. Like there's some good moments and I like parts of the performances, but like you already alluded to, they are a little showy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I was just bored for the most part. It's it's an interesting decision that he made to like, like I don't know why the scenes that are in the movie, like by all accounts Leonard Bernstein was a very interesting idiosyncratic man who lived a very interesting life, and it just feels like we float from scene to scene and we would get to the end of it and I'd be like, okay, like why, why that? You know, yeah, what there I mean? wasn't a lot of cohesion either between like moments yeah um the the one nice thing i will say and this is probably where i'm most of my stars are coming from is i do think it looked great yeah uh very pretty to look at and i think like most of the like like everything related to the production of the movie is like pretty top notch it's just the actual like meat of the movie i just didn't really care for. Okay. 
Paris, what about you? Where did you land on this one? So, okay. I think that this movie suffers from the same thing that has a lot of movies this year have suffered for. Ones that seem interesting or whatever, but fall flat. And it's two things. One, I think this is the fucking year of biopics and based on a true stories. And I just, I'm over it at this point. I want some fiction. I don't care. Uh, That's not to say that this movie was awful or I didn't like hate it or anything. I just think that because it's at the end of this string of these, I'm like, what are we doing here? And the second thing I think it suffers from is, again, something that I've been really finding a lot this year is what is the thesis? What am I meant to get out of this film? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I, prior to watching this, I had no idea who Leonard Bernstein was. My dad, I watched it with my dad. I watched it with my family while I was uh, in Texas. And my dad was like, oh, I didn't know this was about him. Like, he's a a theater kid, basically. He's a musical guy. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. So, I did learn about him. I learned that he was gay. I learned that he did Bye Bye Birdie and like a bunch of other musicals. I learned that he was also a composer. I basically learned like everything I know about Leonard Bernstein is from this movie now. But really and truly, like, why do I care? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think you guys put it on the head. It's like, I can't remember which one of you said it, but like, like it would go from scene to scene and it's like, what was I supposed to get out of that scene and how was it going into this? It just felt like... It, it almost felt like it's interesting, Matt, that you say that this isn't done like a traditional biopic because I felt like it it was to a fault almost. And, and it, it, would, it is stylish. It does have some interesting things it does. But ultimately, I felt like we were just hitting notes, like highlights in a man's life. And I'm like, okay, but what does that have to do with that? And that have to do with that? And like, why do I care and why is this important? And to its credit, the stylish stuff worked for me somewhat. I thought it was very pretty, as Travis said. I thought Carrie Mulligan did a wonderful job. I thought I, I Bradley Cooper was hamming it up. I didn't mind that so much. I thought his makeup was amazing. I, you know, didn't see Bradley Cooper in most scenes. Uh, but ultimately, like, who cares, you know? Like, this person who seems like they probably had an interesting life, like, I I just didn't really care. To your point about how you you didn't see Bradley Cooper, I feel like he could have been done up like an Urukai from Lord of the Rings, and I still would have known that it's Bradley Cooper. You know what I mean? Like, he just, like... Matt, his are you, performance. You, what are you talking the, the about? The prosthetics are, are are incredible, but it's still like there was never a moment where I felt like immersed in the film where I'm like, yeah, this guy is embodying Leonard Bernstein. I never felt that from his performance. It just felt. I think it's just too much. Like he he he's overacting, and I that was like the main detriment for me is probably why i couldn't really it doesn't really help that he's the director (laughs) 
yeah, he wrote it. He directed it. <laughs> he, like, I feel like for his next film, he needs to like not you know be Ben Affleck. You know, be behind the camera. Like, I feel like Ben Affleck's you worst white, movies are the ones where he's in front of the camera. You know, like. Stay behind the camera. Like, I, he clearly has the chops. And, I mean, there's a reason why Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg were producers on this thing. Like, they clearly admire his passion. Like, I don't doubt for a second, like, how passionate he is. But, like, it didn't help that I saw a couple of interviews, like, leading up to watching this movie. Because he did, like, the actor-on-actor thing. And he's been doing, like, the press, you know, leading up for his Oscar, which he clearly so desperately wants. And... He, he he said that he, like, it took him six years to, like, learn how to be a maestro, like, to conduct an orchestra. <laughs> and I'm like, you no. put so much blood, sweat, and tears into this movie, and this is what we ended up with? Like, I feel like... There's no fucking way. That's what he said. That no, I've heard... That. Yeah, he's been working on it for, like, six years. I don't know like how active within those six years, but I heard that number as well. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Take a step back. Let's take a step back. You say he's been working on this movie for six years or he was working on becoming a composer in order to portray this guy for six years? My impression is that, that he, he's been wanting to make this movie for a very long time. And in between like making other movies and, you know, doing whatever other stuff he does he was focused on this project and like oh okay he was I like thought deeply you said committed he was to practicing i thought you said he was practicing on being a composer for six years not a composer a conductor if i said composer i meant no conductor. no i i meant conductor he was practicing uh, being a conductor for six years yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that wasn't like all day, every day for six years. You don't need to practice anything. Did he get his ten thousand hours? Wave your hands in? around. That's the how musicians I are too. gonna. The musicians are gonna <laughs> I know. just. It's a movie. But he's the he, you know the first great internationally renowned American conductor. Like I when I when oh I alluded to like the the physical performance thing, I, so we can circle back to it now. Um, Travis, when you brought that up. Uh, the movie ends like the credits we see like archival footage of uh the real yeah. leonard bernstein like <laughs> conducting and i just you see the look on his face and his mannerisms and it just screamed to me bradley cooper saying like see look how good of a job i did in my movie i'm just like him like he was showing his work do you think, <laughs> yeah. do you think kate blanchett trained for six years to be a fucking conductor in talk. I'm sorry. What are we talking about? I'm with you, Paris. Like, oh she is a naturally gifted actor. Bradley Cooper is a pretty face who is just trying desperately Damn. to be, you know, De Niro, to be like whoever his personal idols are, and he's just not it. Like, I hope that he gives up on his dream and cashes that hangover part four paycheck in, you know, two to three years after oh, no. Todd Matt, Phillips. Please. After Todd Phillips <laughs> fucking Matt, uh, come Joker on. 2 bombs, you know, they'll reunite. Zach Galifianakis, I haven't seen him in a long time. He's probably desperate for a gig. Ed Helms? Well, it's not seen you saw Ed Helms in anything. Listen, all I'm saying is it's ripe hey, for a hangover part they four. Were, they were in everything. They were on top of the but... world. Uh, that happens to most comedic actors, unfortunately, is they get shoved down our throats and then 
one at one point we just no longer want them for whatever reason. What mm-hmm. is Ed Helms doing? That's a good question. That's yeah, that is a great question. <laughs> I like Ed Helms. He's probably my favorite. Well, Zach Galifianakis is my favorite, but besides we should him, um, circle back to the the makeup person or the the person behind the makeup. Sure. Uh, this guy is pretty highly regarded, and so I think he's kind of the guy you want to hire when you're doing this kind of thing. Is he the he Oscar did, guy? Yeah, he did the Grinch, the Jim Carrey Grinch. He did Darkest oh. Hour, Benjamin Button, <laughs> Bombshell, Norbit, huge. Oh my God, this guy! <laughs> Wait, is he, is he really wants his Oscars? He's going all out. No, but I mean, the Grinch was like amazing. The Grinch and Benjamin Button had amazing makeup too, so that totally tracks. Those are arguably well, the only good things about both of those movies. He won the Oscar, I'm pretty sure, for Darkest Hour and Bombshell. Yeah. So he's he's huge. Bombshell. Yeah, remember I never that? Saw it. Remember that thing? That was like what, two years ago. No, um, bombshell. No, that was, was blonde. It, it was about Megan Kelly. The fallout from like the Fox News. Oh, the makeup on that was thing. so good. Um, what's her name? Looked just like Megan Kelly. Charlize. Yeah. Yes, Charlize. Charlize yeah. loves a good makeup. Yeah. Oh yeah. She Monster. loves to look like someone else. Monster. Man. Goated. Charlize Theron is so cool, you guys. <laughs> She is pretty cool. Very cool. Sorry, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Mestro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, so not only that, but also isn't the the cinematographer is... uh, Oh, yeah. Lee Batik, right? Matthew, yep. That guy's uh, all over the last couple years. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it it, it feels A lot of credit should go to him, I think, for the way it looks. (laughs) I I agree. He makes every movie look better. He did Don't Worry Darling, and that's like one of the things you can praise about that movie is the way it looks and some of the images. Totally. I mean, would you surround yourself with some of the most talented people in Hollywood and you get a Netflix budget behind you? Like... You really yeah, would have to try hard to make a bad. He stacked movie. the deck, and he, <laughs> he, with all of these resources, like the fact that this is the best thing that he could come up with is just like, it's not like I was like coming into this thing expecting to hate it. I just like, no, you did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said you were ready to hate it. Only before because you saw it. <laughs> only because i did not like a star is born i don't care about the right. material like kind of similar to what paris said like i didn't know much I, like i knew he did west side story but like you know it's he did on the paper. on the waterfront too yeah which i like that movie but like mm-hmm. the music didn't like the music's pretty cool to me. but i i just don't really care about that style of music really like the like classic theater i don't know like that's too like highbrow for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the worst part of the movie, the REM needle drop. Oh, that end. was terrible. Cringe. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, I don't remember that. I thought all of the music was by Leonard Talk Bernstein. About that was on the, the nose. Point. It well, so it was it was uh within the diegesis of the film, it was when they pull up uh they buy that house at the very end and they're like they pull up like on the lawn. And they're listening to music in the car. They're literally listening to that REM song, the name drops Leonard Bernstein. 
and like it, and like, it's only like 15 oh, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. seconds of the song it, but and it crescendos <laughs> to the part where he's the one that burns it's and, it's and the then he turns end off. of the world yeah. as we know it yes. that one yeah. And then they literally he says Leonard Bernstein and then turns the radio off. It's like, are you fucking And his license me? plate reads Maestro. It's uh, huge. <laughs> I don't know who signed off on that or who thought that, that scene was, was pretty idea. embarrassing, I'm going to be honest. I felt like was it necessary? No. <laughs> right. No. Like what did it even mean? <sighs> We can say that about a lot of things and scenes in this movie. but So what are y'all's thoughts on the fact that it's basically similar in Walk the Line? Uh, it's it's mostly a story about his <laughs> oh, no. relationship with Carrie Mulligan. Like it's done almost from that lens more so than anything else. I also feel like we've seen a character like this before. And I know this was about a specific person, but like some of the beats felt like you know, beats that we've seen in other movies or biopics, just like how he kind of does as he pleases. And, you know, he's an artist. And so he thinks he can kind of get away with it because of that, you know, like um, tortured artist trope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that before. I mean, my main issue with framing the whole movie narratively around the love story is that it, like there's a pretty stark jump for me from like they're happy and they're madly in love and they love each other to like all of a sudden she despises deeply him. unhappy you know what i mean like we yeah, don't like see the she... progression of it like we don't yes. know why other than like he's kind of self-absorbed i guess because he's like a so genius she or, says it she says it out loud and this is the classic like show don't tell they tell yeah. us she says to sarah silverman's character she says, like, he just, you know, takes over the whole room and you get swept up and blah, blah, blah. We never see that happen. Like, we right. don't see any evidence of that. So we're just to believe that and that's why she's miserable. And then also maybe she's miserable because she, he's gay, but also she's okay with it. It was very confusing. And yeah, a lot of like what I would have loved to spend more time with that. Yeah, they barely give and they barely spend any time fleshing out like his his lovers. And it almost feels like they only illuminate that aspect of his life just to illustrate like the strife that it caused in their marriage as opposed to that being like a right. a part of who he is as a human being, you know what I mean? Like I mean, I guess one of the criticisms I've seen is that apparently people assume that he was like fully gay and was only in a marriage, you know, as like a facade to be like, you know, I thought he seemed bi. I, I, well, all I'm saying is that apparently that's what some people's perspective was of him as a person, that it was like a, not an arranged mm. marriage, like whatever. I don't know the term for it, but like, like a showbiz marriage where it's like, a he beard. Actually, like he, yeah, he doesn't actually love beard. Her. And it was just like behind the scenes, he was plowing dudes all over New York or wherever he lived. And Hell yeah. uh, publicly, he was a happily married man kind of thing. I but mean, the movie doesn't, you know, regardless of whether there's any truth to that or not, that's not the position that the movie takes. I mean, the I, movie seemed to be like, he's definitely bi. And in he that genuinely he in love with her. Like, loves her. Totally. He just also has this other part of his life 
that he has to keep private. And I thought that the at one point he he almost alludes to like that part of his life is be is him being a composer, or and then the other part of his life. Oh no, no, maybe it's the opposite. One part of his life, him being gay is is musicals, and the other part of his life, his his public life with his family is him being a composer, or maybe it's vice versa. And like, one is what you have to do because it's who you are, and the other one is what you're supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, shut up. Like, why <laughs> is one, why is being a composer one and being a musical's the other? That's why I was like, this feels very like, it, what are they called? Inside baseball? Mm-hmm. To bring it back to the ball talk from our last Inside episode. Bernstein or Bernstein? <laughs> but it's like inside baseball for theater people because i'm like i don't understand why composing and making musicals is so different or like why one would be valued higher than the other. like the movie does nothing to show us why that might be it just says it is at one point and i'm like okay right because it's not really a movie about classical music either it's not really a movie about being a composer or a conductor or any of those things so it's just like again what or a is person this movie who writes about? musicals <laughs> right so it's like it all boils down to like what the fuck is this movie about and i i honestly think it's about bradley cooper trying to win an oscar like <laughs> not i obviously that's, know that that's, that's the thesis <laughs> that's not it but that is how it comes across oh my god you did it you solved it he loves <laughs> this project so much and like i understand it's been his passion project but it just like reeks of desperation for me anyway and um, you know it'll it'll work. I'm sure he'll be nominated. Yeah. I don't it think was, he'll win. Uh, it was definitely a little too try hard. I hope he does not write and star in his next movie. I hope. I would be infinitely more interested if that were to be the case because he's clearly competent. But again, maybe it's just because he surrounds himself with competent, you know, filmmakers who do the heavy lifting for him. It's, it's or hard maybe just worry about making a good movie instead of winning an Oscar. Right. right. It, you know what? I think you guys <laughs> are both right. Like the intent wasn't to like tell this man's story well in an interesting and stylish way. Although ultimately that's like a very base level. I wouldn't say well, it's not, not that. Yeah. I mean, it is story in a stylish way. Yeah. Right. But I think I think I don't even know that he's trying to be that. I think you're right. It's like trying to go for this Oscar bait is such a good way of putting it. Like y'all keep saying like it is he's just trying to go for this like meaningful important like how they focus on the cancer for like a really long time. And there's not to say, uh, I don't know how to put this. It's not like, it's not like, oh, cancer, NBD, whatever, like, and then she died. But like, given how much time is spent on the movie on that and not on other things, it sort of just feels like, what are our priorities here? Totally. And it also feels pandering in like a, a movie about Hollywood way in the sense that like he right. was a film composer and the whole first hour of the film is in black and white and is staged and looks like an old Hollywood film. Even in the way they talk, I don't know if you guys will agree or not, but like the first hour felt yes. like it was trying to emulate old black and white movies and then it kind of abandoned that aesthetic and like even the cadence that the characters. Yeah, I was, getting, uh, I was getting Mank vibes a little bit. And 
that is also a movie I actively disliked, but at least that movie well, is like I trying like to do something. Mank, but I feel like that's a well, yeah, different vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's on my mount. He's on my Rushmore. He's mounting well, that rush. I guess I will say, yeah, like just the the way it looked and felt at times, it felt like other net. Flicks showy productions like Blonde and Mank and maybe you know one or two others but um, I don't know it, yeah part of it did feel familiar and maybe it's because I watch a lot of movies but it um yeah I don't know I was pretty disappointed by this overall I think that's a good way of putting it like for a story that like I said should be all new and fresh to me it felt tired and familiar I think mostly that's not to say I don't I feel like I'm coming across really harsh I did really like some parts like I uh, like how uh, the beauty of it and Carrie Mulligan's performance honestly like took me through a lot since essentially she's our protagonist is what it feels like to me kind of yeah the emotional beats are definitely centered around her right and like if we think about how much time we get with him without her and her without him it's definitely more her without him um but also like one part that we haven't talked about yet that i thought was so cool was when they're sitting at that dining table outside and it's kind of stuffy and he's like i don't really want to be here and she's like then then let's go and he's like where and she's like let's go and then she like gets up and like runs out and then it's like a totally different scene i love that fell for it hook line and sinker i was like this is the coolest movie ever it it, it didn't ultimately hold up to the promise <laughs> of that second. scene no, like 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 that's the thing it didn't ultimately like hold up to the promise of that one scene but i thought that was so cool there's a couple really cool moments like that. Like there's one scene where Carrie Mulligan's character is smoking a cigarette and the background dissolves behind her. It's like a scene transition, but she's still just standing there smoking the same cigarette. But like we move into the next scene. That was really cool. And there's also my favorite image in the movie is her. She's like, I think she's supposed to be standing backstage and she's illuminated and she's watching Leonard uh, conduct and, and his like, shadow his is shadow like over so her. much bigger yeah, yeah, yeah. than her yeah that really was cool cool. yeah that that was dope but like that you know that's that's kind of the end of like i like those were the two standout images in the film and beyond that it was like you know again looks good on a technical level <clears throat> and a practical level very well made film just not uh narratively interesting to me yeah I would agree. I don't really have much else to add. Yeah, I I think uh, that's as good a place as any to wrap up the review. Paris, were there any uh, closing thoughts on on Maestro? No, no, I think that's it. Cool. All right, let's drop star ratings. Uh, it's gonna be two stars out of five for me. Ouch. I'm actually gonna give it three stars. Still, I know we didn't have much positive things to say about it, but I think the um, just the craft is enough to give it a pass. I'm curious to see how it plays on rewatch though. I could see it going up, but I could also see me just hating it a little bit more. Yeah. Fair. I think maybe you're giving it a bad year bump, end of year bump, you know, but okay. Um, I'm right between you two with a 2.5. Beautiful. All right. Well, that's Maestro. 
let's go ahead and move into our next review. This is the big one. This is the one we've been waiting for all year. Uh, the new film from Yorgos Lanthimos. Poor things. Plot synopsis. The incredible tale about the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist Dr. Godwin Baxter. Film is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, written by Tony McNamara, based on the book by Alastair Gray. Film stars Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, and Rami Youssef. What did you guys think of Poor Things? No volunteers? Um, I can go first I, again if no one else wants to. <laughs> sure, go for it, Matt. Alright. <clears throat> um, I mean... I don't think anyone will be surprised. I loved it. Um, it's one of the best films of the year. It is vintage your goat. Um, I absolutely love the aesthetic of the film. I mean, he always is on point with the direction and just kind of the stylized look of his films. This one is kind of unique in his oeuvre in that there's a lot of like sets like custom sets and like use of miniatures and like colors. And it's just like very vibrant. Like this film is so full of life that I just found it start to finish like an absolute joy. And it's, it's raunchy and it's funny and it's incredibly acted and it's absolutely bizarre and it's, it's grotesque. And I just uh, was entranced by by the whole thing. I mean, I I don't think it's his best film, but it's, you know, kind of middle of the pack for me, I think. I think he has solidly cemented himself as one of if not our greatest working filmmaker. And um I just I I loved it. I mean, as a jumping off point, like that's I I have nothing but positive things to say about this movie. So I'll I'll Leave it there for general impressions. All right, Paris, next? do you want to jump in or sh- shall I? No, nah, you go ahead, bro. I'm All sorry. All right. So, um, yeah, I did love this movie as well. Uh, no surprise. We're I think we're all big fans of this director, and I'll just echo what Matt said. And, um, yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite working directors or, you know, new directors of the last 10 or 15 years or so. Um, and yeah, I do think it, it may not be his best movie. Um, there's some tough competition, but, uh, it is probably in the middle of the pack for me as well. Um, love the way it looked like Matt said, uh, I thought Emma Stone absolutely killed it. Hopefully she gets the Oscar. She got the Oscar for the favorite, right? Supporting. Yeah. Yeah. She got supporting for that. So who knows if they'll give it to her for this one because there's, typically politics involved with this sort of stuff, but I definitely think she deserves it of the stuff I've seen. It was just, um, it was a fearless performance. She really gave it her all. And um, yeah, I did think it was uh, pretty funny and um, loved all the, like the production of it all, the, the way it looked, the set design, the costumes, the colors, the, the peephole lens. Don't think I've really seen that very often in movies. Um, 
but thought it was used to uh, good effect. And um, I do have maybe a couple of nitpicks, uh, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but there maybe was a little too much fucking in the movie. And, oh, um, no way, no way. <laughs> Coming out of your mouth, Travis, I can't believe this. <laughs> Maybe I'll feel differently about that on rewatch, but um, I don't know. I feel like I got the point, you know, like one or two times and um, could have just shortened it a bit. But um, and yeah, the last thing I'll say before I pass the mic is uh, I did say that I was pre-watching this as the the film of the year, my favorite movie of the year. And uh, spoilers for my top 10 list. It is not my favorite movie of the year, but it is still one of the best. So, uh, you'll have to tune in to a future episode to see exactly where it lands. Hell yeah. All right, Paris. What about you? Okay. So let's paint a picture. No, actually, let's not. Never mind. That's a that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this movie wasn't the same. And I loved every single second of it. Like, if this movie's insane, fucking lobotomize me. You know what I mean? Like, I am here for it. I think, Matt, everything you said described it so well. I will say... I don't think this takes away from the movie and how much I enjoyed it, but I will agree with Travis that there is an almost excessive level of fucking, and I really <laughs> only say that because I went and saw this with my dad. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that you, or I think I knew that you did that. That was, you know, clearly a critical critical error but <laughs> i didn't know there was going to be any okay if i think about all of the other yorgos movies that i've seen there's maybe some fucking like whatever but like well, there's this some was incest like, and dog tooth well i haven't seen dog tooth that's like one of the few i haven't seen um so i'm thinking like lobster killing of a sacred deer favorite there's a little yeah, fucking the in the favorite yeah, yeah, but, but it's but pretty not, tame but, compared but, but, to this. Yeah. And my dad's not like, my dad's not like a square. Like, he took me to see, like, we went to see this at Alamo Draft House in Texas. The last Tight. time we were at an Alamo Draft House was when he took me to see Rocky Horror for the first time in person when I was 16. He, and I had watched it at home since I was little. Like, he's not a prude by any means. But sitting in a theater next to my father, where 80% of the movie is just Emma Stone's titties bouncing up and down, I was shook it. <laughs> because, again, this is not against the movie, but I just truly was like, could this be a worse movie to go see? And I was surprised. He loved it. Um, not because of the titties. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. We didn't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but he was like, that is literally the weirdest movie I've seen in my whole life. And I was like, yeah, probably. He said, but I really liked it. So, you know, there you go. You win some, you lose some. Maybe I'm scarred forever. Maybe I have adult childhood trauma. Maybe I got to see one of the best movies of the year. You know, who knows? 
Well, it's yeah, I would also feel uncomfortable seeing this movie with either of my parents. It just you know, it, it, even they're not prudes either, but like it's just uncomfy, you know. Don't I did not have that kind of relationship with my parents where we talked openly about these things. The puberty talk for me was a book. My dad gave me a book and he's like, you know, read this. Let me know if you have any questions. And that was the extent of the puberty talk. So it's like, you know, uh, it was not a thing that was uh, openly embraced in our household. So I totally get why that would maybe be. uh, I guess I, I, I don't think there was too much explicit content. I mean, we're living in the most sexless era of cinema like clearly there are you know some exceptions to the rule but i mean i really appreciated that this movie was committed to bella's journey as a character and showing her her liberation and the way that that evolves throughout the movie her growth as a character and i don't know i mean it helps that it's emma stone that we're seeing the boobies flop around you know it's I'm not going to complain at all. So I was a fan of all of that. And um, I will say that I think my favorite performance in the movie is actually Mark Ruffalo. I was fucking cackling uh, multiple times with some of the shit that he was saying and just his performance. Um, He's the, he's the comedic like heart of the movie for me obviously he's kind of playing a buffoon character but like it's so well done and funny um he he was definitely a highlight for me yeah like he's chewing the scenery but we like want it chewed up we want it chewed up and spit out and pick up the spit and put it back in your mouth like a baby bird like we wanted everything he was giving to us right in the mouth he understood the assignment for sure (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) I mean, all the performances are great. Um, Willem Dafoe, too. Like, he's kind of like the emotional through line, kind of. Like, I I didn't, like, cry watching this movie, but I did get a little emotional, like, in the lead up to, like, uh, the the wedding that occurs. And then there's, like, I won't give specifics because it's kind of a spoiler, but there's, like, a... uh, a character who comes into light that uh, maybe we weren't expecting. Huh. You got emotional at the wedding? Well, in the lead up to the wedding where she has, you know, because he's sick. And oh, 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 ceremony, oh, oh, you know. Got it. When he talks about like, what about drug he's taking. I was dying. He was like, because she was like, how are you standing up? And he's like, I got, a, you know, 25 milligrams of heroin and then 10 milligrams to, to keep me, you know, for the pain. And then 10 milligrams of cocaine because I love cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, he is me. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good line. Um, so you know, the Willem Dafoe is just the best. I mean, I th- I think we've praised him multiple times on the show before, but he's really just one of the, like cinema's Truly. greatest gifts. <laughs> he, he, he nails it every time. Everybody. Oh yeah, and he's got it. And the the best like trivia fact about him is he needed a dick double because his dick was too big. too big. <laughs> <laughs> Also, this what is totally icon. off topic, but yeah, did you guys seriously. see recently that apparently Barry Keoghan, that was his real dick? Didn't we cover Matt that? Matt wasn't impressed. 
Matt was not impressed. You, you talked yeah. about it in the review, but you didn't say it was literally like people thought it could be a body double or whatever. It was his. That's him. Just full. I know Matt wasn't impressed, and we don't have time to get into it now because I wasn't on that episode. But like, I'm sorry, Matt. Like, that's him. Soft. He's swinging. He's backing. Yeah, I was I've seen impressed. a lot more dicks than you have, <laughs> and not to. I mean. Listen, that was the the I one think, aspect we I could have that, praised Salper. Yes, yes. I think I think that you are impressed. You were out of your mind if you think there wasn't fluffing going on right before <laughs> that scene was filmed. If it's you think so that's soft. Like, that's His dick is so it is like a floppy actually, bunny. Paris, you do not have a penis, all right? No. You don't it, you can still be full. I will soft actually agree with Matt. Action. I think he was like a quarter mass, maybe half mass. That, he was as be, hard as he floppy? could be while being completely soft. There was some blood flowing. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> no, it does. It makes perfect sense. Trust me. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is uh, you are impressed by his dick. Don't don't get it twisted. No. They were also probably cranking like they didn't have the AC going during that scene. Like it was. They probably had the heat up. Like. He was ready to rock. Listen, I'm not. All I'm saying is that why are we talking about Barry Keoghan's dick? I don't know. I brought well, up Willem Dafoe's dick. You got me. You got me. You got me on the dick talk. We need to move. On I had to. Talk. We if 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 not dongs, then why? Then why do we even have this podcast? <laughs> you know? Do we we have dongs in in poor things though, right? They're oh yes, of course. The, yes. Well, her her um um when she when she's becomes working a the sex brothel. worker. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we see some dicks there. You see a lot um, of dicks. The first time we saw a dick, oh, my whole theater went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a visceral, a, a deep visceral reaction. So what did you guys think of her progression from literal baby child infant to fully realized woman of the world? I loved it. I thought the progression of it was handled well as far as like you know the the broad strokes obviously it went through like barely being able to speak and like motor skills being barely there to like talking like a caveman to like very rudimentary language skills like a small child and then she goes out in the world and how quickly she embraces things like I love the progression of it and it the way that the film is structured in such a way that like she had such a sheltered life and then she is just able to like go out there and uninhibited experience the world like obviously in real life it would go absolutely nothing like this because it's like a hyper stylized like from the mind of your ghosts and well Tony McNamara is a screenwriter but his the the lens of this character through the lens of his worldview match made in heaven and i i loved it especially where she ends at the end where she's like circles back to like wanting to go into the same line of work and being incredibly articulate while still like uninhibited and unabashedly herself i loved it yeah i you know we mentioned it a couple times but like the set pieces and how everything looked so 
distinctly stylized. So in a uh, director-on-director variety interview that Yorgos did with Ari Aster, which if y'all haven't seen it, it's like 23 minutes. It's fucking amazing. Um, He said that the reason that everything looks so surreal is because it was all through her eyes. So like Alexandra becomes this super extreme island, which is like a very tall thing on the top and very like horrible, uh, you know, things going on at the bottom. And like, that's, that's all it is. It just becomes this one little area because that's all she sees of it. Right. Right. It's like a tower. Like the whole city is condensed into like a, like a top to bottom, like basically from like the dredges of society up to like the most. I did uh, like the, uh, the imagery of that and the way that the staircase was like broken off. Yeah. You know I'm talking about. Well, and the humor, the yeah, way that like it's addressed the... with humor too, where he's like, look at, look at all the dead babies down there. <laughs> like, you know, it's a horrible image. Like it's really and... dark, but it's really, it's sort of done in like a funny, it, it's a dark humor moment for sure. And like mm-hmm. that, like Travis, like you were saying with the, with the broken staircase, it's sort of like this, Thing where we can look down upon these people but they can never come up to us and why would we ever want to go down to them right i also love the touch of her meeting a socialist in the brothel and then for the rest of the movie she's just like yep i'm a socialist now like as soon as like she discovered that she was like yep this makes sense this is where this is what i believe you know maybe that <laughs> like, was when i went to pee because i don't remember that really oh her like uh her lover uh from the bo- the brothel, um, the black French woman that she brings, she ends up bringing back with her. Oh to London. yes, 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 yes. I do remember. Yeah, well, yes. They, they, yes. She's yes, like yes. on her way I to like a meeting or whatever. And yes, yes, like yes, some yes. Literature and then I remembered her being a socialist, but I didn't remember one of her clients doing that. And then I, it's not it's not one of her clients. It's the other person that works there. Mm-hmm. Which one of the most interesting characters of the year is the woman who runs a brothel. Like I've seen her in something before. I forgot to look it up to see what I know her from, but that character was just like everything from her look, like the fact that she's covered in tattoos, but she's like so petite and her voice, she's got that like smoky, like raspy voice. And she's just like, uh, she's like kind you, you kind of like her but she's also you know manipulative and why would you like her a pimp she's well, like because repulsive. she well i don't well, i mean she is but she is also at least as far as i was concerned portrayed as likable like she's never outright abusive towards any of the women and she's like she literally like sexually assaults our main character what are you talking about she does yeah, when she like bites her and is like licking all on her, it's like it can't help it because you're so pretty. Like yuck. Oh, well, clearly, yeah. I mean, she's a creep. If this is a this is a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. All the people in this movie are <laughs> fucking creeps. Like, well, but yeah, but I, you're not supposed to like her. I don't think that's true. I think she is supposed to be not not like her. I mean, she's clearly she's like a pimp and she is you know exploiting these women, but she's also portrayed as like you know, a motherly figure and she does give some advice to like, she plays a big part in shaping Bella's worldview. Uh, and she carries that with her. Like, obviously she learns new things and like decides that it's not 
her worldview exactly, but she's a huge, arguably, I would say she's the biggest influence in Bella's development as far as like her outlook and her approach to feminism. And yeah, it's also where you may know her gross, from but. is Andor. She was the cop's mom. I still haven't watched. You uh, think Matt's Andor. watching Andor? What? <laughs> it's the one that I want to watch, but no, it's the best it. Star Wars show. My God, what are we even doing here, you guys? Yeah, we talk about Andrew. movies on the show. Yeah, the hell? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I liked her performance a lot. I thought she was a very interesting character. What else? What else you guys got? I will say I did really like the score. It was uh, pretty experimental, oh, yeah. and um, I liked how it evolved as she was evolving and kind of uh, crescendoed at the end. Yes. Uh, I would go as far as saying probably the most memorable score of the year for me. Like it's been a pretty underwhelming year for me, for me personally anyway, as far as like scores and soundtracks to films. Like there haven't really been a ton of standouts. This would be the standout for me. Sounded like a, like a jewelry box at times being wound up. But like very slowly. <laughs> you think so? Well, yeah. There's like some of the like weird dissonant tones and like it's a very strange vibe that the score is going for. Um, but it is also pretty catchy. I mean, not all of the time, but there's like a reoccurring like motif that they come back to throughout the film that I th- I thought was like very. I don't know. I'll call it iconic. Like, I think it's going to be one of those, like, I mean, not like a John Williams score iconic, but I do think it's like catchy enough and unique enough and interesting enough that it will be one of the enduring aspects of the film. It'll be an honor for an Oscar too, for sure. Best original. I'm yeah, I'm definitely excited to rewatch it. I mean, just to just, you know, take it all in again and then tune into the score a bit more. Um, one other thing I'll say, and then I'll pass it over to Paris, is it also has those classic like world-building elements that are present in all of Yorgos' movies where, like classic example of showing and not telling, things just are. Like, for example, the animals that live at the home, <laughs> like the, the weird Frankenstein, like duck Frenchie thing and like... It's so strange and bizarre, but it just is. Like, you understand that he's, like, a you know scientist, and he's, like, a mad scientist kind of thing. Like, clearly there's elements of Frankenstein all over it. But, like, these things just exist, and attention isn't drawn to them. They're just, like, there's just weird fucking mutant creatures that just, like, are walking around in the background of scenes. And and the, the architecture is... Uh, wholly unique but it just like it just is it's the way that things are like the set design it's all unique world building things um and i think that's one of the biggest strengths of yorgos is just like the worlds that he creates are like small and contained and insular but they're wholly unique and you don't question why something is you know what I mean? Other movies, might you might be like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Why is that there? In his movies, they're just... I, I guess you could compare it to, like, um, Mad Max Fury Road, in a sense. You know? There's just, like, dude with the fucking flaming guitar on top of a 
uh, convoy, and it's just like, <laughs> why is he there? Oh, uh, he's it's there awesome. because that fucking rules. Exactly. Hell yeah, dude! Oh, Flaming yeah, car dude. on top of a monster truck, dude! Hell yeah! It's awesome. So I, I really like that aspect of this movie too. It was stronger in this movie for me than the favorite, which is a movie I really liked, but that would be the one that I point to. Oh yeah, as my least favorite. Of Naked his, like, man? English language. Acting like a goat, dude! Hell Wait. yeah! Hell Matt. yeah, dude! Huh, Matt? You're you're dogging on the favorite a little. Yeah, that's that's. I'm on record as that being my least favorite of his. I I prefer the lobster and killing of a sacred deer, and now this I prefer this over the favorite too. See, if I were to rank them, I'll just give my top three. It would be the favorite, killing of a sacred deer, and then this. The favorite is number one. Yeah, dude, on record. That is crazy. Wait, where's the, the lobster? Favorite. It's not in the top three. You, you Paris, you listen to this motherfucker? I, I, top I, three. I, I, I am shook. I, I love the progression of the favorite. I love the way it looks. I love all the performances. And the fucking ending with the kaleidoscope bunny thing. Oh, my God. Just yeah, I need talk to about come town. Talk I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I think I think I need to rewatch as well. I I I don't think about the favorite very often. I think about killing of a deer. Some sometimes I do. I think about the lobster constantly, all the time. It's it's forever. Anytime the I'm lobster in any situation might be the most like unique as far as like the like the setup and the world of it. Yeah, yeah. That movie's fucking nuts. It's the best. <laughs> it's so good. Well, I think Killing of a Sacred Deer is, is my number one, but The Lobster is a close, a very close second. Um, and then Poor Things. So, you know, it, it will be on my this top one, 10 for sure. I will say Poor Things is might be his least like bleak film. It's, you know, it's kind oh, of definitely. like a... I, yeah, it's not really hard to, <laughs> to beat the other ones. <laughs> It's by a landslide. It's it's that like when I said like I experienced Poor things joy ends the most optimistically. But it still like, feels very, you know, Yorgos, but at the same time it is like his most uplifting or least bleak. Yeah, like I mean there's a lot of bleak moments in it. There's a lot of For tragedy sure. mm-hmm. in it. I think though because we're sort of viewing the whole everything f- through her eyes essentially that it becomes less so because she has such an innocence about her and she has such a even when she's less innocent she has this like matt what did you call it um her unbridled un ah okay i can't remember the my own word so yeah, I know what you're. Uh, Her nature is like still like fun and free and like uninhibited. Is that the word? Uninhibited, Jesus oh. Christ! <laughs> Please cut that out. Um, yeah. So so even when she becomes less innocent, she's still uninhibited and wild and this like explorative nature is deep in her, and I think that that makes it joyous too. Like, yeah, essentially she has a somewhat happy ending. Kind of in all in all of the movies, there's happy endings for certain people, depending on how you look at it, right? But I would say probably in the favorite, like, the least. But this one is so 
bright because she's so bright and that I don't think we've ever seen a character like this. Be- I mean, in any movie, I don't think we've ever seen a character like this before. Yeah, I would agree. I I, I hope she, I, I'm not going to say she's my front runner for best actress. If, if Lily Gladstone, if they do indeed push her as best actress instead of best supporting, she would be my pick. I just feel like she's actress. not given enough. I mean, th- you know, you know, the supporting pieces of this movie are great, but this is Emma Stone's movie. You mean you don't think that Lily Gladstone does enough to be... Uh, yeah, like I think her I performance agree. is good, but it's just like when you... Lily Gladstone would get best supporting, if anything. You know she, what I mean? Like she she wouldn't even be up for... Well, it all depends on how actress, they... Right? I think they've said that she she has is on the record saying she wants to be put in the ring for best actress but that doesn't i think that's where they're leaning i well they do the oscars do that all it's so arbitrary i i like what constitutes a lead from a supporting i mean she's clearly not sorry yeah i mean she is technically the lead actress in that movie but but she's a supporting then who's the lead actor in this movie uh, right right no hold on no 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 that long pause no because there's only supporting actors right i understand i'm with you paris there doesn't need to be a lead i mean i would maybe you know like like uh like my knee-jerk reaction actress in flowers killers of the jesus (laughs) i'm sorry i i my drink started hitting me and i'm like losing it But anyway, Flowers she's killer, killer. Uh, <laughs> um, what else Fair enough. I, I just think Emma Stone does a bit more, so therefore she deserves more. Oh, um, I did not know Christopher Abbott was in this movie. And when he showed up, like that, that scene and where Dude. that like character progresses and like that kind of climax of the movie, I was like kind of shook it was like really dark and sinister are we keeping this spoiler funny. free well i th- i don't know if we need to have a spoiler discussion per se i mean we could if we really want to I, but. I i don't think we i don't think we need to okay so i'm not going to go into specifics of what his character is who he is but i didn't know he was in the movie um but he's great he fits right in and very dark um love what that does for Bella's character. And yes. Yeah. The reveal that happens at that dinner table with his character, I was like, what? Yeah. Shook, shook me to my core. Supremely uh, fucked up for sure. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it though. Yeah. Like it so turned everything on its head. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but. Crazy. He was really good. I mean, really, all the supporting <laughs> turns, like even um, even Jared Carmichael as uh, uh, he's credited as Harry, the the man that she meets on the boat, who's like acquaintances with that older woman. Yeah, the guy that's too the guy that tells her about the dead babies. Right, shows her the the underbelly. Um, I would say the weak link, which is kind of unfair because his character isn't like he doesn't get a ton of screen time and he's not bad by any means but Rami Youssef he's like 
He's I supposed to just be like the nice guy. He plays his the... role phenomenally. <laughs> he does. His, his, yeah. his sort of nice, but still willing to take advantage of her. And like, like I, I really like that he plays that nice guy role. And I'm saying nice guy in quotes of like people, like the guys who like think they're nice guys, but actually they're just as creepy as the other guys are just less obvious about it. I think in this movie, he's, I get what you're saying because like she is, like it's an infant. Yeah. In Anyone who approaches her is and automatically gross. Yes. He <laughs> and and the thing the difference between him and Mark Ruffalo and don't get me wrong, Mark Ruffalo is a fucking creepy ass freaky bitch. <laughs> He's so funny. But though. but Mark Ruffalo does not know that right, she is is like child. Like obviously that's what he's attracted to, but. He knows. Which is gross. Rami Malek knows <laughs> that that is the brain of an infant child who knows nothing of the world. He is agreeing to leave her trapped in the house. He thought she was going to be Godwin's mistress. Like, like the, all of that wrapped up. He's not a nice guy. Like, clearly at the end he feels bad about it, but that doesn't change the fact that he was like, this lady's body is hot. I don't care if she can't really say words. Yeah, She's hot. I don't care. You clearly, know? Like, we, what? Yeah. When, when, when we analyze the movie like that, like, it, I 100% agree. Like, that's across the board. Everyone's motivations are uh, gross and, and strange. Yeah, like, everyone is taking advantage of her until she learns to be her own self and then she flips it on its head and she continues to be a sex worker and she continues to do things that other people might feel um are people taking advantage of her but it's her living her own i'm missing words but you know what i mean well everyone that she encounters is always taken aback by her bluntness and it puts her character in a unique position because if she were any other person in this world, she would probably fall into the preordained role that society has made for her, but she doesn't know what those roles are. She doesn't know any better. So I think people are constantly taken aback by like how forward she is and how she, you know, call it not having a filter, but that's essentially what, what she is she doesn't have a filter and she just says what's on her mind and how she views things and she does so in a way especially by the end of the movie that is like very clinical you know like i think part of the beauty of the character and the development of that character is just like how it puts her in a position to like use her intellect to just like boil down situations to their their core without caring for like how it makes her look or like um, she's just, she's really just kind of saying how it is and kind of deconstructing these like elements of society that are kind of unspoken. And we just kind of agree, you know, are a thing. I mean, the movie goes out of its way for other characters to be like, don't follow polite society. It'll be the death of you. You know, like it, it's, clearly hyper stylized in that sense but i i do love what they do with her character and the arc of it and the way she is able to like analyze aspects of of society at least as society exists in this elevated stylized world so 
Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure, got? dude. <laughs> uh, I have a couple. Oh, yeah, uh, I have a couple notes that oh, we haven't yeah. really touched on. I don't know how much you guys have to say. I'm dry. Go for right. it. Uh, Love the way the opening was shot and looked. Really uh, pulled me in when yes. she's like uh, contemplating jumping, and then the inevitable jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the muted color palette like the blues and the and the grays and blacks and stuff too very cool yeah uh Beautiful. i love the the like title card images or sequences like yeah. every like time chapters t- yeah yeah those are awesome oh Couldn't my tell god you what the, the chapter mean, but <laughs> I, right, I i was yeah, trying to like stare great. at them to figure them out <laughs> but like each time I was like, I feel like I need to rewatch this so I, because I know what's gonna happen. Like I don't know what's gonna happen, but oh my god, those were the cool. Like I couldn't help but think like how interesting that must have been to make those scenes. Yeah, I I bet there will be more. Like it'll reveal itself on a rewatch, just knowing like where the movie goes. But pretty strange. You know, I was almost getting like um, uh, Lars von Trier vibes from those yeah images. uh felt reminiscent of breaking the waves if you've ever seen that i haven't i was going for the house that jack built like the oh yeah the, the hell stuff i was also thinking that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you guys yeah, both which y'all know i love breaking the waves it I is know. a banger matt i think you'd love it for sure <laughs> i'm sure I break break in the waves breaking the waves breaking the waves i think that's what it's called yeah okay breaking the waves I'm pretty sure it's on. Honestly, uh, <laughs> every time is, you yeah. guys say it, I hear it both ways. So I'm just gonna look it up. <laughs> uh, I do feel like this movie felt a little Tim Burton esque, maybe like you know OG early Tim Burton esque. Timmy wishes. Exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I think he was too like he he came part of the system too quick to ever even have a chance of doing something like this. But yeah, I feel like this is the movie that he wishes he would he could make. <laughs> I, I get also, what you're saying. Yeah, Tim Burton has gone on record that he refuses to have any people of color in his films because they quote don't fit his palette. Oh no! So, <laughs> For real? Oh my god! That yes. is pretty cringe. So I would like to say that while. You know, I was, you know, I, I do like, I, I did like his is aesthetic and I liked a lot of his sure. films. Yes. That is I'm a not, wild quote. That is a quote. <laughs> okay. Yikes. I mean, he hasn't made a good movie since what? Fucking Big Fish? Probably. Uh, yeah, it's, I would say like early 2000s. Yeah. I don't know when that quote was yikes. from. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been a yikes for a long time, but that's like a, yeah, it's like a yikes, yikes. <laughs> he's doubling down there uh and then two moments we haven't talked about is um the dance sequence was awesome oh yeah yeah, yeah. one of the highlights it's in the trailer a little bit but yeah amazing it. and uh, then when the couple afterward is like do you want to come dancing with us because clearly you're fun yeah <laughs> i love that i love that people just like gravitate to her too because yeah matt i think you said it like she's so different than everyone else in this society of like sameness yeah it's magnetic she has a magnetic uh personality and look too i mean they allude to like her good looks uh 
a lot throughout the movie. So she definitely has a magnetic personality and, and persona for sure. And then the last thing I want to bring up, and I mean, there's consistent humor throughout, but some of the my favorite bits of humor was um, the like scenes at dinner with the other couple and um, like how Mark Ruffalo is trying to coach her on how to act and talk. And then they go back and she just completely fucks it up. Oh, you're talking about where he tells her like, you can say these three things. Yes. And then she does, but in the worst possible yes. context. Yeah, yeah. It's like trying to tell a kid like. Amazing. Hey, this is, you know, you, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say this. But then the kid just reads it completely wrong it just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says what's on their mind that was uh, good. pretty good was, there's, was there there's so many comment? no I, there's just so many moments of that throughout the movie where she's just it's like just her naiveness or like just because of the way she was brought into this world she just doesn't have those like social barriers as like someone else would who you know, started as an infant and then was like kind of always suppressed in a sense, you know, like how the majority of us are. I mean, we're taught to act a certain way and how certain, I mean, we've already touched on this a bit and that's, it's kind of obvious and what the movie is going for, but yeah, like just the whole progression of that is pretty great. Well, and there's also, it's, it's a uh, heartening and kind of, um, like her naivete is yeah, it's not uh, all for admirable gags because there's the scene with the money where she like wants to do something good with it, but then she gets kind of conned in a sense. Right, but, like, that's exactly the moment I was thinking. Of. Isn't isn't really wise to it because I mean that's kind of how that situation would play out. Yep, but it, that's just so brilliant. Like that's a that's a brilliant like screenwriting touch where she has this moment where she's like. Oh my God, those poor people! I want to help them, and but because she doesn't know any better, she's just like, "Oh, you'll give this to them, oh won't you?" Oh my like, God! <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, totally. We'll we'll totally give it to them." <laughs> and so then what, and then they get kicked off the ship, and you suddenly realize that was all of their money. Because I was like, "Oh, well, that was just what he won. Like that's really shitty." But like, no, 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 no. It was literally all of their money. They are now destitute. <laughs> Well, the Hilarious. best part about that is that Mark Ruffalo is like, you know, he's crying. He's like losing it in that square. And she's like, listen, I'm going to, I'll be back. By the time she comes back, she already has a source of income and she's like munching on delicious croissants. And she's like, don't worry, we've got a place to stay. I figured out this whole money thing. And he's like still <laughs> crying about like how destitute he is. Like in the time it took for her to like leave go to the brothel figure out what she's gonna do have sex with the person get the money go to the bakery and come back and he's still just like woe is me what am i gonna do is so his funny. character is actively insane and i was here for every single choice like again not to reveal too much but what he does at the end to kind of do some reveal like why did he do that when he still wanted her like it doesn't even make sense well, I mean, he's he's uh, lovesick, you know, like he's, he's portrayed as this like horribly jealous man who just like right. feels slighted. So why would he so, want her to be with someone else? Right. Wait, 
he wants her to be oh i see what you're saying i think he's just trying to sabotage he was trying to sabotage he's uh, just trying to Ronda sabotage whatever she's doing well he oh. didn't want her to marry uh what's the character's name max yeah, max his name is max um yeah it doesn't make a whole lot of sense his character he's very uh animalistic in his his wants and needs and just kind of his approach to things um but that he's quickly surpassed by bella in that (laughs) in that category and then he just turns into a jealous bitter man um oh this gonna be so fucking good you guys i can't wait to rewatch this i'm i'm probably not gonna get a rewatch in before um i did like this but I did like the bit of humor where she like calls out men's inadequacy like oh that's one of your guys' flaws cuz he can't keep up with her desire like sexual desires. <laughs> oh, like at oh first he's all God. in but then after all oh he's God, like Oh my God, that was woman, so I need a funny. <laughs> that was so funny when she's like, "Well, I could keep going." So <laughs> Yeah, and oh, then she's man. like, "Oh, it's been so there, girly, like a, been there." Just like a biological <laughs> no. flaw inherent to your 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 sex, I guess, huh? And he's like, "Yeah, I, I, I guess you could put it that way." <laughs> uh, I also, it was an interesting choice. This is the last thing I'll say. We should probably move on. Um, but the in 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 that same kind of vein, um, he portrays himself as this like sex god. And then the yes. first person she <laughs> sleeps with besides him is just like, it's over in like 30 seconds and it was just terrible. And she's like, you know, uh, I, I wasn't sure if I believed you or not, but like, you know, you, I guess you really are the, you know, uh, as good as he, as he claimed. And then even there's an earnestness to that. Cause she clearly has more suitors and she does have good sex. She has bad sex. She has all of that. But it does play it earnestly. Like, I do think we're meant to believe that he is, like, pretty good in bed. No, you know she's I mean? just had sex with one person who came for 30 seconds, and she's like, well, I guess you are good. That's just one bad lay. But even after that, like, I don't... There, I think there is a version... These aren't her lovers that she's taking, though. You know, these are, like, men that are going to a brothel to pay for sex. They're not necessarily trying to like be good sex partners like well, what? what i mean is that I except thought... for the dad that was teaching his sons how to have sex now oh that was a good sex partner <laughs> <laughs> i, I love what... when he's like i don't think we should do anything too fancy let's just let them get the hang of things that yeah that scene i forgot about that scene. <laughs> no i more so just mean that Man, this movie rules there's a version where he would have been the butt of a joke, right? Like th- she, the the first person she has sex with could have like completely like rocked her world and she could have been like gone back to him and made fun of him or something, but it went the opposite direction and it doesn't like return back to that. Well, after that, I know you're, I know the, your point is she hadn't been with anybody. So uh, like, yeah, course, I think but. it's a bit of both though. Like, yeah, like he's the only one that she can really compare her second partner with. And so it, you know, to your point, yeah, they could have went the opposite way, but it's still I think making fun of just like the the you know, men in general and yeah, how, how you could like perceive someone as a sex god, but it could just be because of your lack of experience. And it, it that's 100% what I felt like that scene was saying. 
also it's both. i thought it was yeah sorry I also thought it was interesting that, like, she's essentially giving him a compliment, and he's like, you fucking whore, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he, like he can't see beyond the societal norms or whatever to see that she's giving him a compliment. He's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, immediately reverts to jealousy instead of taking the compliment. Yeah. Um, okay, what else have we got? Um, I'm pretty much spent on this movie. I'm sure we will talk about it again in another episode. You bet your bottom dollar we will. Yep. It'll be Sounds like it's uh... in the <laughs> for sure. Uh, do I even need to ask for star ratings? Do, can we assume? No. Or <laughs> <laughs> It's five bangers all around. Come on, yeah. let's be fucking yeah. for real here. Like Jesus. Is this the only? It's the uh, your goat. Is this the only 2023 movie where we're all In on the same step? page <laughs> with a five banger? I think it might be. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the only one that we all gave a five to. <laughs> Huge. I mean, it's what everyone. Man, end of the year is going to be wild. <laughs> it is going to be wild. I think our lists are going to be pretty different from one another. Like, there's going to be some overlap, but I think there's going to be a lot of. I don't know what to expect from you two, honestly. This year, more than some previous years, I don't know what these final lists are going to look like, so I'm pretty excited. I feel like my like favorite movies are kind of obvious and maybe a little boring, but the rest of the list, um, yeah, we'll see. Matt, I'm sure we'll have a few overlaps. You definitely need to yeah. see a couple more movies. That's all I'll say. Well, Anatomy of a Fall and uh, the Holdovers are waiting for me to watch them. Um, hey, the Holdovers Anatomy of a Fall is, is on there Max on now, right? I know. Waiting for you. An- Anatomy of a Fall? Oh, it is? I don't think so. I thought so. I thought it was on Max. On HBO? I mean, maybe. I rented it, so it's just waiting for me to watch it. Oh, you did rent it, so you oh. are going to watch it. Well, Haley Huge. rented it. I didn't rent it. She had a. Huge when did she rent trip. it? Well, we haven't started it yet, but like a week ago. According to Just wait, Watch. Wait, a week ago? Did yeah, you, you rent it on Redbox or something? No. <laughs> you have 30 days to start it. And you then have 30 days to start like it. And then 48, 48 hours, hours to finish. Oh, yeah. I was thinking you had 48 hours. Okay, okay, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, no, okay. Once you Red press box. play on that thing. <laughs> I used to do Redbox. Yeah, well, used to. Years, but, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Matt lives in Bumfuck, Ohio. Maybe they have Redbox up there. That's true. They do have yeah. it. I mean, they have it in Seattle, too. What's your point? <laughs> maybe I'm crazy. I thought it was on Max, but maybe it's not. I don't think it is. It's a neon movie, so I think, if anything, it would show up on Hulu at some point. Yeah, most of the neon ones are. Anyway, Max acquired A24, but I don't know when that library is being dumped on. No way. We're streaming rights, at least. Not like. Well, because right now what? it's Showtime. Right now, A24 movies usually go to Showtime. Yeah, A24 or A- Max signed a deal with A24 where they have exclusive streaming rights, but I don't know when that actually takes effect. Yeah, fucking win, dog. Win. It's going to be huge. But yeah, you're right, Matt. Most of the new A24 stuff gets dropped on Showtime. If at all. Yeah, their their stuff is super Like Bo's Afraid popped up on Showtime recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Showing Up did as well. I think that's A24. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all. Obviously, we don't want to do this on air, but I think we got to figure out when we're going to do our top 10 because, you know, we're yeah. in January now. and that, yeah. That'll be at the end of the show. I'm sure we'll discuss it a bit. Well, that's right, what Matt? I'm saying. Like, like once we're off air, but I'm just no, letting no, y'all know air, right now, air. I'm very busy in January. We'll, we'll schedule. Oh, Paris, you're going to carve out some time, all right? I got a new I mean, one. I... I will. No, I know. I will. I'm just, I'm literally going to be gone. Oh. And also my birthday and also Matt's birthday. Like, like there's a lot going on in January. We'll make Bring it work. your laptop work wherever you're going. Year. We'll be fine. My laptop. So you're going to be doing, you're going to be doing the best of from your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> not even. I'm not going to bring my fucking mic to California. Are you joking me right now? You're going to record anyway. the best of episode at Joshua Tree. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Joshua Tree. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, let's let's get oh, along, man. little doggy. What? Uh, All right. A lot of the stuff that I watched, I'm just going to save for. When we do our okay, I need to use episode, the restroom so. really fast, just to okay. be transparent. Um, and then I plan Go on doing piss, a girl. power hour. Remember, remember that back in the day, Matt, when I would watch so many movies that we'd have to do power hour to get through all of them. Yes, you just you when you return, <laughs> I'll I'll knock out like one or two real. Travis, quick I I have a question for you it. before you piss your pants. Yeah, no, I'll I'll ask you when you get back. Okay. I don't want you to be. But I, you guys should go, you know, tit for tat, and then at the very end we will no, end the show say it. with Travis. Okay. You don't have to say every single thing you've watched. No, I know I don't always, but I, for this special episode, no, I don't. There's a lot of movies I don't talk about that yeah, I watch. He picks and chooses. Yeah. Really. Uh-huh. Just how many so movies many. this guy watches? But so too many. But I, I'm in the mood for power hour. So if you guys will entertain me, I'm just gonna blast through these all and give like a sentence each for him. Okay. It's gonna be huge. Okay, blast I love that. But I have to piss first. <laughs> right, I'm not gonna me, repeat that sentiment, but pretend I give said me that. sixty seconds. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Damn, we're so mean to Travis. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll say while Travis is in the pisser. Um, what do I got here? Some of these I'm not going to talk Pisser, about. Pisser, I hardly know her. <laughs> oh, uh, the Royal Hotel. Have you seen that yet, Paris? No, what the fuck is that? I've never even heard of that. Uh, it's the new movie from Kitty Green. Uh, she did The Assistant a couple years ago with, um, what's her name? Julia Garner. Did you see that movie? I can't remember... It was like sorry, was I couldn't come movies. off of mute. I did see it. Oh, it was yes. you gave it, it three and okay. a half. I see. Yeah, it was um, good. I Not really like that movie. Um, so this is this is her new movie, uh, and basically the gist of it is Julia Garner's in it again, um, and she is on a backpacking trip in Australia. So it's her and her friend. And they start off in like Sydney or something. And then they're working with a temp agency and they get a job, uh, like a seasonal gig or whatever for a couple of weeks bartending at this place called the Royal Hotel, which is in like rural ass Australia and kind of plays out like, um, what are we talking about? Uh, the Royal Hotel. 
Oh yeah, I watched that. Kind kind of plays out like uh, there's a lot of tension that it gets out of its concept. It's pretty small scale, but it's basically like a a thrill, a horror thriller where the clientele are predominantly all men and there's you know the themes of isolation because they have nowhere to go and they're tourists and it it gets a lot of uh milk out of the teat i will say and uh ew man it was good what the fuck milk's very familiar with that about all it could (laughs) oh travis all it could get out of there um not as good as the i don't like i don't like that actually no i take back that all teat uh-uh. Matt, the assistant no is better. And I gave the Royal Hotel three stars. And my main, I mean, that's positive, I guess. But my main gripe with it is like, you know, you kind of have an inkling of what the movie will be before you press play. And the movie never went beyond that. Like it just like play, played out exactly how I expected it. Like the feel, the tone everything and then the ending i was just like okay like that was it i feel you i i don't disagree i just felt it was was well made it's just like yeah right it was but just to a degree it was nothing really special i think that was my issue with it it's just yeah nothing special there were no surprises in store but i did even though i knew where it was going i still felt the tension i still enjoyed I think there's some good mileage that it gets out of some of the situations that the girls find themselves in. There's some tension internally between the two of them. Um, There are characters who are played up to be, you know, quite sinister. And then there's a switcheroo and just like you don't really know who to trust what people's true intentions are. And I think it gets it gets a good amount of mileage out of it. So I I liked it. Um, Didn't love it, though. So. Um, I have a movie to recommend in place of the Royal Hotel. It's called Wake in Fright. Wake Kinda in has Fright. A, Is this a Cram it's Jam another, movie? No, no, no. It's from the seventies. It's like a. Oh. <laughs> it's a Australian movie uh, set in like the the outbacks, and um, but there's there's some tension in that movie, and um, it kind of gave me vibes of that a little bit. But um, that's a better movie, so. Just added it to my watch list. I remember this one from when you were on that fucking weird Australian horror, like niche Australian (laughs) horror movie kick that you were on for like a month. (laughs) I don't remember this. You know, you watched like at least two or three of them. I don't remember the impetus. (laughs) Two or three. It was like, that was like an episode. You were like, yeah, I'm watching a lot of fucking Australian uh, underseen horror movies. Maybe I... Maybe I was just uh, in in a groove there. Just it was it was a rabbit hole I went down. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Anyway. Now, Paris, I will skip a few of these because yeah, I've watched a shit ton in the last like three weeks or so. Yeah. So don't don't you worry. <laughs> okay, I trust you. Uh, there's there's only three things I'm going to talk about. I watch other stuff, but I don't I don't really have anything to say about some of these or care right, to say so you, you guys so. keep ping-ponging i will jump in if i've seen it but i'm saving myself for the end okay you want you're edging right now yep yeah <laughs> uh paris do you want to do a tit for tat thing or should i just 
blast through the couple. Yeah, let's 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 tit. A little tit for tat. Not tit. I really don't like that. Um, no, I saw Theater Camp. Uh, I love. Have you seen that? No, I'm going to though. I I watched it. It's yeah. It's it's in this list of of cram. Well, it was, think, I, it was a jam. I spread it on my toast. <laughs> um, I really liked it. I found it to be a little uh, like like earlier we we're talking about insider baseball with some of the musicals and blah, blah, blah. I think it was a little that I watched it with a friend and she was kind of like, I don't really like it wasn't hitting for her. But as someone who literally did children's musical theater, I was like, wow, this is it. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I feel like that is a movie that maybe plays better to theater kids, but the main praise I'll give for it is I thought it was really funny. It, like, funnier than I expected it to be. Uh, I forget the guy's name. It's the guy who did um, that one, like, mockumentary on Netflix. Ameri- he's like he's the kid from... Um, God, I'm totally just fucking butchering this. <laughs> The the uh, skit the dick, he does with the dick the, documentary, right? Like, the skit he does with that. Getter, uh, I don't know Jimmy Getter's Turturro. real name. The also, Yo Zan, get your boy dog or whatever. When he, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god, whatever uh, that guy's name is, he is Getter's funny, real name is Tanner Patula. I went to no, high school with him. We have I'm talked so, about him before. We have talked about him before. You're talking Getter. about Jimmy Turturro, the guy Tatro. Yes. Tatro. Okay, Jimmy Tatro, whatever the fuck. He is a, he is a funny dude. And he's funny in theater camp. That's all I have to say about that. Paris, continue. Did you have anything else you were going to say on theater camp? Um, no. <laughs> it's on the list. I'm 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 planning on watching it. Go um, for your tap. Uh, I watched El Conde. Um, which is a movie that I admired more than I actually liked. Um, yeah. Netflix original from Pablo Lorraine. <laughs> so this is the guy who did Spencer and Jack, which was huge. My Spencer number one amazing. of that year. And it's, so it's a fucking bonkers movie and I loved elements of it, but basically the premise of the movie is what if Augusto Pinochet, the Chilean dictator, uh, was actually a vampire who had been alive for 200 years. What? Uh, that's the premise of the movie. It's like a dark comedy satire, and it's beautiful. Like, there's scenes of flying in the movie that, honestly, some of my favorite images of the whole year of any movie that I saw. Like, the way that it's filmed, the vampires, like, flying through the air, the black and white cinematography, like love the way that it looked but the actual like experience of watching the movie a little dull i do think there's probably some cultural aspects that i just like go over my head you know while i do consider myself relatively in tune with this kind of stuff and i know a fair amount about pinochet like the real life person i think some of the satire is probably lost on me um Pretty cool movie though. It's a movie that I I plan on rewatching at some point. But on a first watch, only three and a half stars. Just too weird. A little slow. A little repetitive. Um, didn't click for me. Yeah, I would agree. I watched it and 
felt similar to you. I don't know if I'll revisit it though. I think, uh, well, I mean, I like Jackie, but I don't know if anything he does will ever even sniff Spencer. Spencer does rule, but there's Spencer enough going on. Huge. <laughs> there's enough going on under the surface that I feel like at least warrants a rewatch for me. So, I I will say if 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 you didn't fully love or fall for Spencer on the first watch, watch it again. I fell for it hook line and sinker the first watch, so I will rewatch it though. Well, I was a little sleepy the first time, but second time <laughs> was huge. Huge. All right, Paris. Did we lose her? Oh, no. She no. Oh, <laughs> I was having a hard time unmuting myself because... Wellness I, check. Yeah. I'm... Okay, my wellness check, I'm not sober. Um, <laughs> I filled up my... One of our breaks, I filled up my cup, and I just kind of poured some vodka in there, and I didn't measure, and now I'm regretting everything. Oh, your cup runneth over, eh? Boo, tomato, tomato. Oh, it was fine. Come on. No. All right. What, what do you so got? the next uh, next one for me was Wonka. Mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters. Uh, it was ultimately super dumb. I will say <laughs> it was bright and it looked interesting. There was a couple, you know, silly, whimsical parts. It's essentially a children's movie. But here's the Have thing. Have you seen the Paddington movies? No, but I've heard they're really good by many people, including y'all. They are. So, yeah, that's the main reason why I'm interested in seeing this. But, yeah, I haven't heard many great things about it. Is it, it the same, like, director or something? Yeah. yeah, same director. Okay. So really the biggest problem is I love Timothy Chalamet. I think he's so good. I think he can be funny and whimsical and dark and dramatic. He can do it all. However, one thing he cannot do is sing. And it's a musical. And he sings most of the songs. (laughs) And he's not like terrible, awful, holding my ears. But he's literally the lead singer in a musical. And he just can't really sing that well. Like, he's just not great. And everything he does, it almost, it feels like he's acting too much. And I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where he was overacting. And it's not almost that he's even overacting. It's that he's, like, almost, acting too much isn't quite the right word. It's, it's almost underacting it doesn't feel like an interesting character feels like he's playing a part and i don't know i just i just don't i didn't it didn't hit for me it also felt way too childish and i really liked the original willy wonka same yeah i don't know love that movie yeah Mm -hmm. hate the tim burton one but hate the the tim burton one yep 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 no black people in it no sir um oh one thing i will say is i saw in the trailer that hugh laurie was gonna be the oompa loompas and i was like oh my fucking god that's so stupid but but i will say it actually kind of works i was originally very skeptical and i will say that's one thing that works ultimately i gave this two and a half stars i think it's not really worth watching I wouldn't recommend it, but, you know, for families, maybe. I don't know. 
so Hugh Laurie plays all of them. I could kind of, I mean, he does resemble them. I didn't really think about that till you just brought it up, but no. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say more on that because it'll kind of give away a part of it. But okay. but I think I might. I, actually, I'm just saying that because he is in the trailer, so I feel like that's a fair thing to yeah, talk about. I might go see that this week. Uh, Chelsea's mom offered to watch Madden while we go out for a movie, and I'm letting Chelsea pick. And I think Wonka's at the top. Oh man, what about the Sydney sure. Sweeney rom com? Ew, I think no. that's his, anyone I think that's but two. you. Gross. Number two. I'm gonna see that with Haley on Thursday. Fuck Wonka. I have no interest in seeing Yikes. Wonka. Damn. I would see Wonka twice before I saw anyone but you, Matt. Matt's what? doing jerk off hand motions, referring to Come Wonka on. as Wanka. <laughs> Yeah, I'm referring to anyone else but you as anyone, anything else but this. That movie looks like a fat turd. Even Sydney Sweeney's tits can't save that movie. I'm sorry. Please. No, those can save any movie. No way, dude. Put those cannons in Maestro and it's at least a half star bump. Glenn Powell, too. That guy's the most charming motherfucker. It's Ew, you know. are you serious? Glenn 100%. Powell looks like he was peeled out of the Abercrombie bag I had on my wall when I was like 11. Damn. Are you fucking joking me? He looks That's like every other good. bitch. Like, good. what are you See? even talking about, Matt? He, he's so good, though. He's so charismatic. Have you seen any of his movies? Charismatic? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. You clearly have not seen any of his movies. He is nothing if not charismatic. Come on. What movie have you seen that he's in? Do you even know? Got him. There's no, no fucking I was like, way. You see I was guy looking it up. He's so good. He, every, everybody wants him. <laughs> what movies are he in? I'm looking at it now. He's like a Top Gun Maverick. Everybody wants him and he's great in Set It Up. He plays oh, the romantic lead. Oh my god. Yeah. Shut set up. up. Set It Up is so stupid, first of all. Not a movie. And then I haven't <laughs> seen Everybody Wants Some. <laughs> so nobody cares about Glenn Powell, oh. okay? The only Paris, reason anyone is that, even though. watching... I know, I know, I know, I know. And the only reason anyone's going to see this is because Sydney Sweeney's hot, and that is not enough to carry a movie. I'm sorry. Just go look at her in Euphoria. She's hot in that too. And a good actor in that. I mean, you're not wrong, Paris, but that is enough for me to go see the movie. Okay. All I'm saying is, Matt is trying to say that you should see that you should see anyone else but you over Wonka. And even though I only gave Wonka two and a half stars, I strong disagree. Yeah, you haven't even seen the movie. You're trying to steer him toward a movie you just gave two and a half stars. Right, because anyone else but you, Matt. Trust me, if you. If you give anyone else but you more than two and a half stars, I will do a dare of your choosing. Oh my god! On I'm air, gonna fucking force feed this thing like I've never force fed. <laughs> yeah. I am gonna put this thing number one on my list if you're not careful, because I cannot. I wait don't believe to watch you. This. Never. Been I don't believe you. I think you have more integrity than that. We Matt will pre-watching it out of five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we got off track there, but um, let's keep this thing rolling. I'm I'm only going to talk about one more movie, and it's a rewatch, and that movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Huge. it was in my I, top. 100. I watched this recently. It was in my top 100. Uh, rewatched it. I was drunk, 
and I was crying. I'm not joking for 80% oh of the movie. Oh, my God. Matt. I was a blubbering <laughs> Jesus, dude, go to therapy. You're embarrassing. I could not. <laughs> Literally. You're bringing our good name down. Like, what the Haley fuck? Haley was like, are you kidding me right Were now? you drinking <laughs> some spice eggnog? What, what was Yeah, going like, on? what were you? Were you crying out of your, like, what? It made me so goddamn happy. Oh, man. And it's a perfect, it's a perfect, 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 perfect movie. And Jesus, well, you're it's such a 10. fucking baby. Top 10 Top territory 10? at this point. Top 10 ter- <laughs> territory at this point. There's you no were drunk. Holy way. shit. Yeah, watch it when you're sober, you fucking loser. Jesus. Oh All the God. other watches were sober watches. Right? I it's need to look at your top film. 100. This is wild. <laughs> It's a perfect <laughs> film. Um, so anyway, I see Andrew report that. That That's, thing better be public. <laughs> I need to examine this list. It's, it's current. Well, no, I, I haven't updated my actual like top one. Well, I know. But. Please don't until we until we update it as a group. I gotta wait that long. How am I supposed to keep track of what my top one hundred is? Keep a note you on keep your a phone like list. a normal person, yeah. A note? I have so many fucking notes. Keep a Matt, I have, make a make a private list. Matt, pro tip. I have That's a private list on Letterboxd right now that is called I forget the exact name of it, but the, the gist of it is movies that have a chance to break the top one hundred. And so whenever we revisit it, those will be like your fringe picks. Yeah, make a make a private list, you fucking asshole. Uh, kind of French picks, but it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like movies that have a chance to replace something that's in my current top 100, but I'm not going to like do that now. I'm going to do that later. No, I feel yeah. But in the meantime, I'm stockpiling a list. These are fives with hearts. <laughs> <laughs> with hearts? Whoa. Oh yeah. All right. Paris. That's big, when you know. time. Uh, I saw Flamin' Hot. What? Nice. Oh, the, the Cheeto, Cheeto movie? movie? Yeah. On, it's streaming on Hulu and it looked really stupid. But again, this was one where I was with family and I was trying to figure out something that was on my list that would like appeal to everyone. I was like, this would be a good one. Honestly, you guys, it's not going to break my top 10, but only because it like it, it's a four and a half star movie. I would highly recommend both of you watch it. It um, was really I mean, funny. Sorry, Travis, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I, I would watch it, but for Cram Jam, it's like not even on the list. Okay. I mean, I don't know that it'll It's like it one of those movies even... where you watch it and you're like, yeah, you know, there's a better, there, there's worse ways to spend your time. That's that's the feeling I get before I. Okay, I mean, I mean, I get that, and that's kind of the mentality I had going in, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I don't know, something about it, it had that um, almost like an Edgar Wright vibe of editing where it was just really like funny and interesting. And it has a lot of Mexican culture in there, which I I don't know, as, as an adopted Mexican, I guess, I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, but no, really, like it's just, it it's, this is the year of fucking true story biopics, right? So it's just another one of those. Mm-hmm. But it actually really captured me, and I, I think it's worth a watch. Directed by Eva Longoria. Huge. Not, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is her directorial debut, which is weird. I don't think it's the same 
uh, person. (laughs) No way. I think it is. Well, I just there can only be one. Oh no, it is. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, I was confused. Like she also produced it. What? <laughs> I pulled her up on Letterbox, and Letterbox usually goes by like popularity. Like her most film, or like not most films. I guess she's primarily a TV actor, huh? I was confused because the movies that came up like as the top for Eva Longoria when I clicked her are like Arthur Christmas is the number one film on her well, th- list. I of mean, actors. that's probably because she. No, a star, like in her acting roles. You know how Letterboxd like prioritizes like films by popularity? Her top three are Arthur Christmas, Dora, The Lost City of Gold, and Boss Baby. Do you mean IMDb? No, Letterboxd. Oh. What? That's why I was confused. I was like, that can't be right. But she's not really a film i mean she's a bad actress i guess is what i'm trying to say <laughs> she is almost exclusively well, she wasn't in, in the movie she was just direct she directed it but i thought it was a different evil longoria just because the movies that popped up like i was like oh these this is trash but she is a trash actress so anyway what were we talking about Oh, okay, well, not. she didn't act at all in this, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I just confused myself is all. I thought it was a different Eva Longoria. That's all. Was was there anything else on Flaming Hot? Nope. Uh, do you have any other ones? I'm tapped. Yeah, dog. I be watching movies over the break. Um, I also saw fucking Poison, another one of the dumb roll doll shorts. It was dumb. It was three stars. Nimona. Oh, Wes Anderson? <laughs> that what you're talking about? Yeah. The Wes Anderson rolled doll shorts. How was Nimona? I've been curious. So two things. One, this will not make my top ten, but it was very close. Damn. And part of that was because I may not have been 100% sober while I watched it. I may have been zooted in the sky. But it was really, the animation is so cool, so different, so unique. The story, it made me really want to read the graphic novel that the story is based on. This it's, it's built in a very interesting setting, which is like fantasy, but modern. And I, 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 I loved it. There's, there's a few cheesy parts and that's essentially why it's not quite in my top 10, but I gave it five stars. Sweet. Definitely one I plan on watching before we record. Yeah. You can keep going. Travis is going to close it out with his power hour. So I'm done. You want to talk about I'm done. That was was my last. All right. Here we go. I'm going to mostly stick to 2023 movies. Uh, First one I'll talk about is Therapy Dogs. Uh, This reminded me of the Dirties meets um, Beyond the gap is that what it's called mining the gap mining the gap yeah yeah Skateboard but, movie. N- but not as good as either of those so uh don't waste your time it's like a it's kind of like a pseudo documentary about like um the like last year of high school you know like senior year but it's a little too like fragmented home movie for me um but it was all right there's some cool shots and i kind of liked what it was going for but it was I don't know. Nothing really that special. Uh, Watched Earth Mama, which kind of reminded me of A Thousand and One. I think that's what it's called. 
from this yeah. year. Um, I think I like this one a little bit better. Y'all I think talked I gave about him, both of those on the last episode. I did. I gave them both the same star ratings, but I think I like this one a little bit better. Um, maybe just because it's a little like smaller in scope and maybe a little more, maybe looked a little bit better. Um, I like the recreation of like the the time period in a thousand and one, but I think this one worked a little bit better. But I will say, I did start this movie one night. It was like a few days after Madden was born, and first fifteen minutes, I was like, I can't do this right now. It was getting a little too heavy, and I was just trying to chill. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see that. <laughs> but I did pick it back up and finished it. Um, but yeah, overall, it was pretty solid. I uh, watched Biosphere. The movie, it's like a two-hander with Sterling K. Brown and Mark Duplass. Duplass. Um, they're kind of like the, I don't know if they're like the last two survivors on, on Earth or whatever, but they're just trying to, um, I guess, save humanity in a sense. I thought the concept was pretty good, and I like those two actors and thought they did a good job. I love Mark Duplass, but... Um, I think the ending kind of fizzled out. It like it was an interesting concept, but just didn't really like carry it all the way through. But um, I think it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, I watched this movie called Scrapper. It's like a indie British dramedy about this little girl who loses her mom and then is uh, essentially living on her own, and then her estranged father comes back into her life and. Um, there's there's just some really good moments and um yeah i definitely think that one is worth a watch it's on showtime currently if you uh pay for that or want to start a free trial like i did will you uh, say the name of that um, one real quick again scrapper scrapper okay thanks i watched they cloned tyrone the netflix movie starring john oh, hell boyega yeah. Jamie Foxx and a few others. Uh, I liked the the genre-ness of it, and it felt like um, some of the movies from the past that I really like, but ultimately uh, didn't really hit like some of those others. It's not going to be like a genre classic like They Live or something. That's kind of what it, it reminded me of was something along those lines. I uh, watched this movie called Jethica, which is only 72 minutes, but felt like it could have done a little bit more. Best thing I can say is it had some good sweeping vistas and um, looked pretty good for how low budget it was, but the the story and through line of it all didn't really do much for me. Uh, watch this movie called Joyland, which is getting a lot of praise this year. Uh, I think I watched this on Canopy. You can also watch it on Criterion. I actually like this movie a lot, although I thought the ending was kind of weak. Um, so yeah, le like everything leading up to the ending was great. There's some like good family stuff, and just like there's a lot of aspects of like identity and sexuality and all that. Um, yeah, was loving it up until the end. I mean, the ending is, it's just a little too on the nose. And if you see it, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Now, Matt joyride. Come on. Five stars. Be, let's get real here. Big time. Funniest no, movie no. of the year. Uh, an absolute classic stone cold comedy classic. Matt's so uh, right. 
I thought it was pretty mid. If to me, it felt just like a lesser version of Girls Trip, which oh, I mean, it's way better than Girls Trip. Way better than Girls. Yeah, Trip. I oh. like this a hell of a lot better than Girls Trip. Wow. Well, maybe I was in the wrong mindset, but I don't know. Chelsea and I both watched it one night, and I mean, we both thought it was solid, but I don't know. Nothing really that special. It's not gonna make my top ten, but I. I've, was laughing the whole way through. I even cried a little yeah. bit. That'll come as no surprise uh, either. Oh my God. You cried? You <laughs> fucking bitch? Yeah, what did bit. you cry at? God, you're so... It's like, Are go to therapy, Matt. I cannot I get at? over it. Take Lexapro, go to therapy, like, quit crying at everything. I'm so over it. Uh, the scene with the mom? The tape that she left for her daughter? Oh, yeah, Tears. that was sad. <laughs> Uh, I cried out. Anyway, I rewatched Bo is Afraid, and all I'll say is the rewatch was huge. Just like his testicles. Oh yeah, I did see the oh, star no. rating, so not huge <laughs> enough, but you're in the right, you're moving in the right direction. Uh, yeah, I I think it is. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a movie that. I will just continue to appreciate and I still don't think it's perfect. So I don't know if I'll ever give it five stars, but there's a lot going on in that movie that you catch. Like there's some, some good Easter eggs, like stuff that I didn't even see on second watch is in that movie. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot going on and that movie will be talked about for years to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch this movie called Waiting for the Light to Change. Super indie drama. Uh, kind of like the setup of it, but just a little too indie for my liking. There, I think maybe the the acting and the story was just a little too minimal to really appreciate it. But I mean, given for what it's working with, it's solid, I guess. But I wouldn't really like seek it out too hard uh watch this documentary called kokomo city thought it looked good but i got kind of bored of it quickly um matt did you watch the iron did you see the iron claw yeah yeah i saw it uh, a couple days ago did you already talk about it or no i in the interest of time i did i'm it. so excited mm. to see it y'all i will say i really liked it but um i kind of knew where it was going before I saw it, unfortunately. And on top of that, I think it's a little stereotypical, but I love the like brother aspect and the, the wrestling aspect. I mean, obviously that's like a huge aspect of it, but, um, and then the ending was pretty great. That's all I said. That's all I said. I know. And that's all you will say. <laughs> uh, watch this foreign movie called The Beast. Yeah, you all heard about this one? It's on my list. Where did you watch it? I don't have a, a streaming service or anything. Mm, next to it's it. on Mubi. I have Mubi. a trial of Mubi. Okay. I'm just waiting you, to crank through the three to four movies I want to see on Mubi. Uh, I thought it was really good. I don't know if it'll make your top 10, Matt. I think the last like half hour or so, it kind of fizzles out, but I really like the the beginning and the setup of it. It's essentially about this uh, this couple who goes to this like kind of like remote 
area to grow crops and they're dealing with some locals who have lived there, you know, all their lives. And, um, they just kind of like clash as neighbors and, um, yeah, just things escalate from there. Uh, thought it was good, but yeah, the ending was a little weak. Um, watch this movie called the five devils. That was also on movie starring, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Adele XR Chopulos. She's also in passages and is one of the leads in blue is the warmest color. Uh, love her, but did not love this movie. Uh, kind of liked what it was going for, but to be honest, I was pretty confused. Uh, so that really hindered my viewing. Uh, watch this movie called Hannah Haha, another super indie movie from this year. Again, kind of liked what it was going for, but it felt a little too independent to really dig it. Uh, watched Lily Gladstone's other movie from this year called The Unknown Country. This is the wish version of nomad wish.com version of nomad land <laughs> uh it's yeah it's it's kind of going for that vibe but nomad nomad land just wipes the floor with it so um not sure if it's really worth your time i watched carmen starring uh melissa barrera i don't know how we're supposed to feel about her these days but wait why why we, love we feel her. differently Oh, okay. I thought she got some, like, I heard something about her getting canceled from Scream due to something she said online mm. or something. Well, she was pro-Palestine and she got fired. So she got but fired from Scream, good. but we support her and not yes, Scream. Not Scream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fuck Scream and I'll continue my love for <laughs> Melissa Brewer. Yeah, you're good, bro. You're good. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, Paul Mescal is also in this. This is directed by Natalie Portman's husband, who's a choreographer. He also did the choreography for Black Swan and Vox Lux. Damn. He'll always be uh, known as Natalie Portman's husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not name names. Uh, it was not very good. Uh, it was stylistic and um, maybe a little too heavy on the, the choreography and a little too light on everything else. Um, I watched American Symphony, the documentary about John Batiste. Didn't even know this guy existed before this documentary. I just seen this on some lists and, um, it's readily available on Netflix. It was okay. If I would say if you're into him, maybe check it out. But if not, you could probably save yourself some time. Uh, did either of you watch leave the world behind yet? Paris did. Oh, hmm. yeah, buddy. We will be talking about it. Okay. Real quick, I'll say I did I did really like it. I think maybe I have an issue with the ending. It seemed like there was a lot of buildup, and then it just kind of, you know. But uh, I really liked the, like, smaller, quieter character moments towards the beginning. I think everyone in it is pretty great, except maybe, like, I don't know, the 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 sun wasn't that great but like all the known actors are doing good work even the here. daughter was really good yeah i think she's also in logan lucky 
She's the Channing mm-hmm. Tatum's daughter. Yes. I would say that the, the son is definitely the weak point, but I don't think he's bad. I think everyone else is just giving really strong performances. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I like the setup of it all, but um, it could have maybe been a little better. But overall, I think it was it's well worth a watch. Uh, I watched Jesse Eisenberg's directorial debut when you finish Saving the World. I think it's his directorial debut. Uh, It's starring Julianne Moore and Finn Wolfhard. It's just like about this uh, teenager who doesn't really get along with his mom. I mean, that's essentially the movie. And uh, it wasn't very good. It just felt a little too like Sundancey kind of seen it before um yeah fuck those indie flicks boo yeah i know uh yeah maybe 10 or 15 years ago i would have fallen for something like that but not today uh i saw this movie called rmn rmn and uh mainly watched it because this is the director who did uh Four months, three weeks, and two days, which is an absolute banger. If you guys have never seen it, you should. It's a little tough to watch, but it does slap. And um, this kind of felt like the beasts a little bit, just because there's a uh, tension among the uh, the town folk. But uh, it, yeah, it was solid, but just um, I don't know, not best of the year material, I guess. And uh, I'll talk about two more briefly. I saw Gran Turismo, which I thought was solid. Um, worth watching, but I didn't really like the lead. It and, still um, holds a... up? Oh, you mean, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Gran Torino is what you were thinking of, huh? <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yeah. And then you said I really liked the lead, and I was like, no, no, naming. did not like the lead. <laughs> okay, but then I was like, you would just call him Clint Eastwood. You wouldn't call him the lead. So <laughs> I was like, we're not. <laughs> uh, definitely not like best of the year material, but it is on Netflix and it is directed by Neil Blomkamp. And um, if you were ever a fan of the game franchise, then you might get a little more out of it. Uh, I kind of like some of the like camera angles and special effects and stuff. It, it was like a solid racing slash sports movie, but not much beyond that. Last thing I'll talk about was this movie called Godland. Uh, watched it on Criterion. You already talked about that one, my guy. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Oh, wait. Am I thinking of Joy? What? No, you did. Joy Ride? Godland? Uh-huh. I did yeah. not talk about it. Are you sure about that? Dude, I went in order on my diet. You sure about that? You sure about that? That was the first. I, I'm not actually. I, I I'm not actually questioning oh, you. I jo- just Joyland. Wanted to Joyland. do the talked about Joyland already, right? Joyland. Oh yeah, yeah. Joyland. Oh, yeah, yeah. On Canopy and Criterion. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, then that's what I'm thinking of. Never mind. Continue. Godland is capital A art house. Was pretty boring, but it does look pretty great. But it is pushed in two and a half hours, so it's kind of one of those give and takes where do you suffer through all of that for some beautiful images? That is the question that you will have to answer. (laughs) This is not Paris, Texas, so no. Uh, I will say I have seen this director's other two features, 
A White White Day and Winter Brothers. And I think this is my least favorite of the three. If you're going to check, I know we're in cram jam mode, but if you're going to check out anything from this director, I would highly recommend starting with Winter Brothers. Sick. Well, I probably am going to watch Godland for uh, Cram Jam. It's at least uh, in contention on the list. It's like well, mid, it is, mid-tier Cram Jam. It is like two and a half hours, and I think it has a slim chance of making your list, Matt. Slim, huh? I'll take a slim chance. Okay. I'm just trying to help you out. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Thank you for entertaining me oh yeah or humoring me (laughs) i love that travis that was so good well there's plenty more movie talk to come we'll have to get it scheduled off air but most likely the next episode uh that we record is going to be the best of 2023 episode so it's always our favorite time of the year can't wait to see what happens i'm looking forward to your list there will be more so, cramming so to that come is the next episode yeah i i believe so unless we want to try and record something in like a week and then do the other one in two weeks but it sounds like scheduling may also be an issue i think let's so. plan on doing that the next episode and then we'll see when it happens yeah sounds we'll, good i will be continue awkward. the cram Oh yeah, cram never ends. At least until the, the big, episode is in the board. The big dilemma here is will the zone of interest play in or around the city I live in before we record? Well, I thought it me, was streaming. Zone of interest? No. Uh-uh. <clears throat> that's, it, that's it is for rent. Zone of interest? No, it's not. No yeah, way. it is. I would have already rented it. No. You might be thinking of a different uh, movie. This is the new Jonathan Glazer movie about the family living outside of Auschwitz. It's like a Holocaust movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's not streaming. You know something we don't know, Paris? What's what's the deal here, Paris? (laughs) It's not even out in theaters yet. Uh, it's, It's like a January 19th release date or something. Oh, then it's not on... The 2023 list. Well, it technically qualifies. Yeah. Oh my God, you guys! If it doesn't have a release date in 2023, well, it may have played in like New York or LA, but I know people are getting screeners of it. I mean, obviously not us, and um, (laughs) it's (laughs) it's definitely in contention for 2023, whether where you like it or not. Yeah. Am I insane? I had it. I'm probably not going to be able to see all of us strangers either, even though I really, really, really want to. It's it playing at Civ. Like, Me too. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go all the way to Civ to see. Starting all of strangers. Is it already? Yeah. Oh yeah, all the strangers is I think starting it's at this Civ week on Friday. Yeah, that and American Fiction. If if I didn't have a newborn, maybe, but in my current yeah. state, probably not. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll have to play at the Regal here because the local like indie theater here is not playing that one, or at least not in time for when we record this. So, yeah, we'll, you should, we'll, Matt. You should talk to the local theater and be like, "Hey, I'm probably your best customer. Just play both of those. Get get them." 
I'm not though, because I only saw Asteroid City is the only movie I saw at the Pickford. <laughs> Uh, in the calendar year of 2023, even though Haley wow. and I are paid members like, for the whole probably year. Probably your worst customer. Movie. That's <laughs> embarrassing, man. <laughs> Good news, though. We renewed. So this year, Huge. this is the year. Phew. That we, uh, good yeah. on you. I'm sure we'll good waste, good, good waste of money, yeah. I'm sure we'll get into it during our best of, but yeah, there's probably at least a handful of movies that could make my list that have a very good chance. Like they're, you know, they're at the top of my watch list, but unfortunately they're just not available. Right. There will be a couple of those. So anyway, we'll, we'll dig into that when we record the episode. But for now. Is Eileen streaming anywhere yet? Do you no, guys know? It, pl- it played Northgate for like a, a week or so. Yeah, I missed it when it was in I didn't make the trip down, but yeah, Ugh, that's definitely I'm one so I want to see. Um, and yeah. I, I think it'll be on VOD shortly slash eventually but Am, i might pay record, twenty dollars to rent it i don't know i might do it fuck it let me know i think it's gonna be my t- i think i think it might be in my top 10 so i think it would be you're, worth you're it, pre-watching it at, in, i'm in pre-watching it at maybe in top 10 <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about the same movie this is the anne hathaway movie right yeah yeah come on eileen pre-watching i love anne hathaway time. and the trailer looked fucking wild. The fuck? Well, anyway, I'm curious to see it, but there's there will be lots of things that we may or may not be able to get in in time under the wire, but uh, you'll have to wait and see what pops up on the best of episode. So that will most likely be the next one, but that will do it for this one. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to let us know about your favorite movies of the year, whether just your favorite or your top five, top 10, whatever you want to share, feel free. We'll talk about it on the show. If you want to submit something, you can send us an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com if it so pleases you. So if you're hearing this, send us an email. We'll talk about it. We'll bring it on the show. And uh, that's where you reach us again, cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. That's going to do Or if you episode. don't want to email, you can DM me on Instagram at Whoa. Paris Wheel, Paris with two S's. Huge. I'm putting it out there because I have a private account. So the only people that can DM me are like people My I friends. know. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're a stranger and you try to DM me, I probably won't see it. <laughs> But Paris will check her DMs. So. I do check my DMs, actually. Even the ones that are from people I don't know, I just go, no, I don't want to be your sugar baby. Thank you. Yes. So keep the sugar baby requests to yourself. But if you want to talk about movies, feel free to DM Paris. Or also, email maybe, us, you know. maybe, maybe keep the sugar baby requests coming. I might get to that point. Who knows? <laughs> Let's just put them in the uh, unread folder and save them for a, a rainy day. You never know. Well... That's it for this one. It was fun, guys. Alrighty. But that will be it. We'll be back next time. Later. <laughs>